Hello and welcome to Trash Talk Podcast. My name is Austin. And this is Travis. And we are very excited as this is our official 100th episode. 100 episodes spread out from between our old Trash Talk Podcast channel carrying over into the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. Some episodes were split into two and whatnot, but overall, 100 official published episodes, Travis. This is... I, this is a press. This is a lot farther than I thought we'd make it. Yeah, like I was figuring maybe fifty episodes. Apparently, a statistic is that ninety to like ninety five percent. I don't remember the exact number. A podcast don't make it past twenty episodes. It might even be ten, but I think it was twenty. Damn, yeah. it could be. We just don't care. We're just like you're gonna listen to us or you won't. I think that's mostly what it's been for me. Yep. Yeah. Whichever. You know, just be stubborn and keep pushing forward. We have stuff we want to talk about. If people want to listen, more than happy to have it. Oh, yeah, exactly. So what we're doing this episode, because it's been a little bit since we recorded, because we've been thinking of the perfect way of doing a 100th episode, we've been trying to find the perfect formula and perfect idea to do it. If in today we're just like, eh, I don't know, I guess we'll just talk about everything we've watched recently. Got a bit inebriated, and we're like, you know what would be good? What have we watched? In general, yeah. Yeah. No theme. Yeah. Just whatever yeah. you've watched. Well, it's true. We haven't talked about things, especially movie-wise, in a while, so I think we have enough to talk about. Also, it's a little bit on theme for the Avatar that we just watched, as this will be a longer episode, most likely than normal, like that movie is three hours and ten minutes long. This episode, I don't think it's going to go that long, but... We can make it that long. Yeah, maybe we will. I got two Four Locos here, the... Recently, I've been trying to get rid of everything that's in the fridge and, like, on my bar. So, like, any liquors that are, like, kind of low, I try to finish them off and put in the recycling bin to make space and, you know, recycle, you know, be good for the environment. Oh, yeah, smart. Conscious. And uh, these two Four Locos, which are nasty, are both opened but not drank, and they've just been sitting in my fridge for the last, like, month. Well, here's your reason to drink them. Look at that. Exactly. I pulled these out of the fridge, and Leo's like, how resourceful of you, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're just going to be talking about a little bit of everything. We talk about movies, TV shows we've been watching, also just general topics that I want to talk about with you recently. Starting with Travis, have you been keeping up on your DC Comics drama? Uh, no, I, I don't. I've, I've never read a DC comic. No, no, I'm sorry. DC Comics Cinematic Universe. Oh. DCEU. Oh, EU. Okay. Uh, not recently, because after, what was our last movie? Black Adam. Black Adam, which I didn't see. I didn't care. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, DC's been having a weird patch of negative news that could be kind of looked at also, though, in a positive light. So, we're going to kind of talk about them. So, Marvel has been having... It's always had a fairly consistent head of the helm. Kevin Feige's been control of the universe, producing everything, kind of watching it. And for the most part, Marvel's been, uh, it's well planned out. Regardless if you like the movies or not, they're all fairly consistent in terms of quality for the most part. Um, And also, they are very consistent with what they want to do. Occasionally, some things might not work out. Like, Inhumans, they wanted to do that as a movie originally. They moved it to a TV show. Mm. The show bombed. They just said, we're going to forget about this. Like, it never happened. Wasn't a thing. And also, you know, they have the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton, and then they just later recast them. But for the most part, Marvel is pretty consistent. Yeah, no, they've had a very, 
similar but strong platform for the past few years. And they've been doing it for many years. It's like close to 15 years. And that's pretty impressive to be able to hold things down for most part throughout all that. DC, pretty much the opposite. Although I love DC because I like to see different ideas being thrown on screen rather than just one collected cinematic universe. Not everyone cares for that, but also their quality level dips. There's a lot of really good movies there, and there's a lot of shit too. Mm -hmm. There's actually not a ton that's like in the middle. There's a couple, but for the most part, they're kind of amazing or garbage. Which is weird because like, as we spoke of Marvel, they're like constantly in the middle. Like yeah. That's where they live. They don't want to make anything too good or too bad because, like, once you make something too good, people expect that. Once you make something so bad, people are going to hate on you for it. <laughs> yeah. And it's one, like, DC doesn't care. Marvel obviously cares. Sure. And I respect DC more for not caring. I respect DC more for giving their directors, for the best or worst, more control of their movies, which is why you have a weird universe where there's so many different tones which is kind of a bad thing and a good thing. Um, yep. But DC has unfortunately also had trouble keeping a president at the helm. They've gone through different chiefs of uh, DC comics, movies, many times, um, firing people, people going, people quitting. I'm sure they're all just soft firings. But recently, people got super excited because of the hiring of their new head in charge, of DC Comics, which is an actual, instead of just a businessman or someone who's a producer, it's an actual filmmaker. Actually, a filmmaker from DC Comics, James Gunn, who directed The Suicide Squad that did very good, um, and I think is one of their best movies, and also Peacemaker, which did very, very good for HBO Max. It was a solid show. A very solid show. So them kind of plucking James Gunn away from Marvel, in my opinion, that was a big, like, a good thing for uh, DC Comics and you know, very creative guy seems to know his stuff and make it a fun universe. But recently there's been a couple of news from that as they're really shaking things off. What are you going to say? My question is like, would it not be a bad thing if James Gunn like was the head of, of, of uh, what do you call that movie making where you choose what direction they're all going? Like, if you give everyone their creative free freedom, like, it made some amazing movies and made some bad movies, but you made a variety and at least probably, like, probably, like, 40 to 45% of them were box office hits. Yeah. When you give one person the reins that's already a movie maker, is everything not going to become basically, like, the Suicide Squad mm. and Peacemaker, which had a similar feel, like, different stories, but a very similar feel. Oh, yeah, feel. totally. Which is what Marvel's already doing and what we yeah. don't need again. Uh, no, 100%. Although I do think James Gunn does have a definitely a fun, unique style. You also don't want every single movie to have the same tone as the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. That really works for Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, Guardians of the Galaxy. That style worked for it doesn't work so much for like a Batman type character or Superman, which is actually what we're going to be talking about very soon when it comes to it. But it might not be, he might not be forcing his style onto a lot of movies. It seems that they're really trying to focus for better or worse on the Marvel approach 
of doing an actual cinematic universe this time and try to limit how many like spin-offs that happen. Like the Batman is set its own universe. The Joker is set its own universe. Now they're trying to find ways to connect them. Connect probably not the Joker, but it seems like they're trying from what I've heard, they're trying to connect the Batman into this new universe that's going on. I've heard I did hear that out of the uh, second movie, I think it was. They're trying to like add it into the universe and make it a lore. Which I don't like. I don't mind the movie. I don't mind that guy as Batman. I think it's a very interesting take because it's before he becomes like really like technology based and everything. He's more down to earth Batman. Yeah, street level. Street level Batman, and I think that could be added in anywhere. The problem becomes if he stays that street level, like he couldn't fight the opponents that. Like the real opponents, like Crocodile. Yeah, the just. Oh, you mean just his own? I thought you were going to go for like the Justice League type villains. Well, I mean, them too, but like I'm starting out here at the ground level, which you got Crocodile Man, uh, Killer uh, Croc. Killer, sorry, Killer Croc, Shark, uh, King Shark, and who is his other one? Bane. Yeah. Like all of them would wreck this Batman because they actually have superpowers and sure. minimal intelligence, but you know. It works like that type of Batman without all the gadgetry that he uses wouldn't be able to go on a justice league level type. mission. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, of course not. Or even like upper of his, like his range. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it would have to be more comic booky Batman to get to that point, or at least him training a little bit more developing his technology over time. But here's things that's been dropping recently in terms of DC's big decisions. The last couple of presidents that took control, they tried different things, but for most part, they didn't shake things up too much. Things kept going on an even keel for better or worse. Now it seems like James Gunn, it's not just James, James Gunn, it's James Gunn and there's another guy, but James Gunn is the famous one. Um, they're really fucking putting their foot down and shaking things up. With the biggest thing coming only a couple of days ago when it was announced that Henry Cavill, which has been very, he's been very popular um, amongst fans for his Superman portrayal, he will not be returning in the future. What people complain for years, why are these characters getting movies as spinoffs, but Man of Steel never got a Man of Steel 2, even if it's a different director, not Zack Snyder nothing's really been happening then henry cavill dropped out of the witcher the witcher uh season three would be his last season so people thought he was moving fully into uh superman in fact he had a cameo that dwayne the rock johnson requested for uh fucking black adam and on twitter henry cavill did a little like hashtag i'm back as superman thing then bam james gunn and his partner met with henry cavill and said we're going a different direction we're gonna be focusing on a young superman focusing more on like the daily planet kind of stuff which is a weird take uh, yeah i mean I, I love henry henry cavill he is a great he's the epic nerd like he is the nerd that got his dream job and he, honestly and he just he works i respect the shit out of him but like I could understand going away from the Superman like because you have the Snyderverse and he is a part of that Snyderverse and you don't want to do the Snyderverse because mm-hmm. like it's gray. It's kind of boring. The fan base is a little rabid. No, we won't talk about them. <laughs> yeah. They are, but we won't talk about them. Sure. Um, but like you have so much going against it that 
I can understand wanting to be like cut losses, cut losses and be like, this is free. Cause we already don't have Ben Affleck, right? Yep. Ben Affleck's done. Yeah. And I could kind of see cutting, like, I wish they'd redo man of steel, like give Henry Cavill a proper role. Oh yeah. Basically the Spider-Man in a superhero in a Superman costume. I want kind of that vibe. I still want Henry Cavill, but I can understand why they'd walk away from the crowd. I get that too. It's probably, it's not a personal thing. It's like, kind of like we're doing a new universe. And unfortunately the universe you are part of is dropping like flies flash after his next flash movie. If that flash movie actually comes out, uh, Ezra Miller, I'm not sure if you've heard the drama. I think we talked about his drama before he's never coming back. I'm going to be surprised if he works in Hollywood again after that. Ray Fisher, unfortunately done as cyborg caused too many problems. Although he had justice or he had, justified reasons to bring up but he pissed off unfortunately the wrong people and he'll never come back as cyborg and we're about to talk about wonder woman soon so what are we gonna have left is aquaman because batman's done of the universe that was in the past that we've had so far aquaman 2 will be the last time we'll see anyone from that universe aquaman 2 will be the final send off of it essentially oh so they're not even bringing back aquaman after this like doesn't sound like it everyone's done Pretty much. And Dude, Jason Momoa is a good... He's a good Aquaman, yeah. Yeah, like, I actually, I kind of prefer the Marvel's version of Aquaman with the... Namor. Namor. I prefer him more. Better writing. Better I writing, I think. Yeah. But, but like, he's still a good Aquaman. Like He's, he's got the physicality. Yeah, well, actually, kind of. He's less, I guess... Blonde. Yeah. Like, I mean, like... Physics wise, like the man's buff, like yeah. he works for swimming the ocean. He's got that aloha attitude. He's kind of like a beach vibe. He has some swagger to him that I think yeah. works with an Aquaman type character. Yeah, not making him a little bitch. So, just overall thoughts about. Oh, also, that's been the one interest in while we're still talking about Superman. Su- uh, James Gunn, the one project he announced that not only is he supervising things, but the one thing he's actually writing, not going direct, but write is a future Superman movie that we know nothing about yet. Uh, no, he did actually say a couple things. I'm going to just bring it up. Okay. Um, yeah. Super, it's, it's going to be a younger Superman, of course, although yeah. Henry Cavill's not that old. I think what they're going for is the Batman, but you know, Superman and probably lighter than man of steel and anything that Zack Snyder touched. Um, okay. So here's a couple of news about it. And Travis, you can tell me if you're interested or not. So, he is not meeting major characters for the first time. He is merely younger. And that um, they're going to be focusing, if I can find it, why is it not here? It is going to set the feature younger Superman in the role. And this will be expanded on for a bit as it will focus on Superman's life as a cub reporter in the fictional city of Metropolis. And there will be key characters in the movie, of course, including Lois Lane. Amongst others. So not a ton of information, but it sounds like it's going to focus kind of like, have you seen the Richard Donner Superman movies? The ones from, I think the eighties. Uh, might've, uh, they're very different than the snacks Snyder ones, of course. So besides technology wise, um, it does focus a lot more on just his daily life and him and Lois Lane and whatnot. Cause you know, they can only do so much of him flying around or whatnot. Not very action packed. Yeah. Anything like that. 
I think it sounds like they're kind of going for that style a little bit, but that's the one thing it seems like James Gunn is actually having his little hands in. I, I, I like James Gunn as a director. So if he's involved in it, I imagine it could come out good. But again, it's going to have that same feeling of his other movies, of Guardians of the Galaxy, of Suicide Squad. Don't you of- think his write-in is also a little too edgy for Superman, especially if they want to go for more of a lighter tone? Like, he does rely on... He is you know, edgy, yeah. but he's like a comedic edgy, which yeah. works, again, with Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if it would work with Superman. Because he's very good at picking, like, oddball, misfit characters that are, like, neutral characters. A yeah. little like uh, anti-hero-ish. I feel like Superman is like too good and pure. Yeah, but you know, if he's you know maybe he can adapt to writing a little bit, of course. Or he won't, and we're just gonna get the not greatest Superman we've ever seen. Like all the other Superman movies, they're all like, eh, they're pretty good. They're okay. There's not like a great Superman movie yet. There's not, but there's some I would rather watch over others, even if they are campy. Sure. I get that. So going to the next thing of news, Wonder Woman. They were developing a screenplay and actually turned it into Warner Brothers for a Wonder Woman 3. Patty Jenkins would return to direct. Uh, Gal Gadot, of course, would return to be Wonder Woman. Um, Although the second one, when it came out, it didn't make a ton of money, although COVID was out. But also fans and critics alike kind of thought it was okay to bat. And even we thought it was not very good. I would it was say, bad. I would say it was bad. They turned it in. You know, of course, that could definitely affect things. People did not like the second one. And basically, uh, Patty Jenkins announced recently because she stepped away from working on uh, Rogue Squadron at Disney. She was going to direct either a movie or TV show on Rogue Squadron on the guys oh. flying the X-Wings and stuff. Yep. It's a very cool project. People were kind of excited for that. But she thought that that project was going to take too long to develop, so she stepped away from it for now. Although she said in a recent Instagram post that she could return to direct it anytime she wants, but she wanted to focus more on Wonder Woman. As she made a really big Instagram post recently, kind of talking about how things are going. Um, so she stepped away from that to focus on Wonder Woman. And recently, she had a meeting with James Gunn, and they said, "No, thank you. Wonder Woman three is not happening." <sighs> Actually, I liked Gallagher. I like sorry. I liked Aquaman. I like Shazam, which I'm assuming he's going to be axed, maybe because he's part of the Snyder verse. He's not really that. That he was one of the first projects after Snyder was essentially sacked to become a thing. Yeah, but like they tried to like tie it into their lore in a way. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Shazam, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Those are the only three I cared about. Like, I'll be, I like, I feel bad that the Flash stuff happened and he's not going to be the Flash. And the same with Cyborg. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I didn't care about the characters. Yeah. They never made them. So, I'll be, it could be just Zack Snyder's directing and writing and stuff. Yeah. They just were never made interesting. Because they rushed the development of all these goddamn characters. Yeah. Pretty they much. threw them all into Justice League at the same time. And yeah, we, the whole Justice League mess was a whole thing. So, it just led to these characters not being developed very much. That is true. Aquaman was lucky that he got his movie and it was pretty decent. And then Wonder Woman, she had a 
I think Wonder Woman came out before Justice League. So she was like the only majorly established character besides Superman and Batman, of course. But she was even more pretty established Pretty much just Superman. Yeah, pretty much just Superman because Batman was just, you know, half of Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and like not the better half. Like not they, necessarily, yeah. They didn't show any of his backstory, none of his motives really, other than something that I forget. Something about Martha. Martha. Yeah. So what do you think about the second thing? Uh, Superman, Henry Cavill's gone, but now Wonder Woman 3, not happening. It sounds like they're moving away. Gal Gadot is probably the last time we've seen her at Wonder Woman. It's kind of sad. Like, maybe she's not the greatest actress. Maybe she is a bit more of a model. But I didn't think she was bad. No, I thought she was good. I yeah. she had good energy for it. Good energy, um, her accent, whatever the hell it is, is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But again, they... It works a little bit for being a character that's on a mysterious island. Yeah. It, that, she can get away with it a little bit for that. Although the other characters on that island don't have the same accent. They tried their best, but yeah. They did. They, I forgot they did try giving them accents. Yeah, they all tried to get copy her accent, which yeah. was respectable, but they didn't... Do you, didn't quite do it. Do you think this is a revenge ploy because Zack Snyder cast Jason Momoa... Wonder Woman, he cast all the initial people as part of his universe. Do you think this is their revenge against how the fan base treated DC Comics to get the Snyder Cut? Maybe? I, I could see like James officially Gunn. kill off the Snyderverse. Like, not even one mentioned. You mentioned this, you'll get shot. Yeah. Like, we create the last movie, Aquaman. We create it, and we're just like, it existed? It's gone now. We're done. Yep. Aquaman goes into ocean, he's never seen again. So, yeah, so Wonder Woman, nothing anymore. You know, you can kind of expect it. The second one didn't do great, but Wonder Woman is a huge character, and there's, the movies made money, and people, especially women, you know, really loved them. So a little sad for people, but I'm sure Wonder Woman as a character will come back at some point, but I feel you're not going to see Wonder Woman on screen for at least, I'm going to guess, six to eight years. Probably. Like, they might find a new female lead, I don't know, uh, Black Canary or some other. But not which, Wonder Woman. Probably not Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think they're really going to give a couple, like, years and time away from this. Next thing, because well, we, we got things to talk yeah. about, Travis. Black Adam, our good old friend Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So, there was a movie that he's been trying to get done for, like, 15 years, and, like, things came on and off, and then finally... He got produced. He was official because he was cast like twenty years ago as Black Adam before this universe was even even thought of. At the time, I don't even know if the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were out at that point. But you know, he was kind of the best man for a job, I guess. And they made the movie, and he announced on Twitter. Well, he did a couple of things. First of all, he leaked that Superman was going to be in it in a cameo role as probably an idea to try to force people into it, into going to watch the movie, which works a little bit. Um, but he also made it very publicly clear that this movie had to make a certain amount of money or else they're not going to think about approving and green light in a second one. Which is literally the same thing Avatar director said. Yes, but to a much bigger extent with Avatar. Yeah. Um, but this was supposed to, it had to make at least... $400 million mm -hmm. to like break even and go forward. And the movie did actually just make 400 million, but where things get a little weird is that apparently Dwayne rock Johnson leaked or not. He leaked, or he said that like the numbers were wrong. We made this amount of money, 
So we actually not only broke even, we actually made a decent pro like profit on it. Apparently, a lot of people are looking into it, and it looks like he either lied, exaggerated, or maybe was misinformed, and the numbers were lower to the point that it probably made even. That's enough, and probably, and you know, sequels generally make a little bit less sometimes you know, than the first one, so DC's not going to approve of something, a sequel to something that just barely broke even, you know? I think it's something he wanted to succeed. Cause like, oh, yeah. He wanted, the, like uh, the guy who played Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. It's a passion project. Yeah, he wanted the role. No matter what, he loves the character and he just wanted the role. So he's like, with his clout, he's like, oh, yeah, all these people came to see it and a bunch of people might have believed him. But then, of course, you have your internet trolls that are like, that's not facts. Not that many people. I didn't go see the movie because I didn't care that much about black adam i didn't know who the character was before shazam yeah i did but he's not a super big character <clears throat> i like black adam as a character but when i saw the movie trailer and just looked like a green screen backdrop not good green screen like from avatar which we just watched like like very plain shitty looking cgi i was like no i'm okay <laughs> Not necessary to see. Yeah, that. I'm okay. And apparently, it dropped on HBO Max yesterday, so we could actually watch it anytime we want. Uh, we're good. I'm good, probably too. Yeah. Um. So, and apparently, people are also spec speculating that Dwayne Rock Johnson's had some duds the last couple movies. Jungle Cruise didn't make as much money as they thought it would. Red Notice that was a very big money movie to make for Netflix with Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Rock Johnson, Gal Gadot. Uh, it was generally not liked by critics and not a ton of people. It wasn't a good movie. It. I didn't watch it, so I can't say anything. It really wasn't good. And those are all actors that cost a lot of money. So a lot of people are saying that he really wants... Because I'm on Instagram with fucking Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That motherfucker is promoting that shit every single day. That I was some... getting sick of it. So I think he really, really needed that for his career. And I'm sure he was going to make a percentage of profit if it did any. Yeah. But like... How do you feel about him potentially lying or exaggerating numbers to make it sound like the movie did better than it did? I think it's, again, it's one of those passing projects. He wants it to do so good, he is willing to lie for it. And, like, I can kind of respect that, but at the same time, I don't care about the movie. I still don't. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Jungle Cruise not being a good movie was my favorite of Red, Red Note, not Red Notice. I thought that's what's called Red Notice. Maybe it is Red Notice. Red Notice and Black Adam they didn't care about enough to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was like the first like DC movie I haven't seen in a while. I was just like, I should see that. So I was like, nah, I got better things to do, honestly. Exactly. Like Jungle Cruise wasn't a good movie. I would rather go see that than those. It did look better than the other ones, for sure. Yeah. And even number one, even had, like, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. I saw a trailer, I'm like, this looks like the most generic action movie. They were just lucky to somehow pay for these guys to be in the movie. I'm not going to see that. It. So you watched underground six. I also didn't see it. Cause I said that looks bad. Okay. That also stars Ryan Reynolds, but only Ryan Reynolds. So they saved a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it looks horrible. Like uh red notice is that, but with three other act or two other actors that are famous. Mm. Like, it's it looks horrible it's it's not a good movie and it's just like it seems like directors some directors just want to put no effort in and think you get some big stars ryan reynolds or three gallagher and rock 
you're just going to make money. And maybe yeah. they did make a little bit of money, but not to the extent that the... It was a Netflix movie, so I don't know how they make money. I guess I'm people subscribing just because they want to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson team up with Ryan Reynolds, I guess. Maybe, but like... It didn't go to theaters. Yeah. Which is weird because it feels like it feels like a movie. I didn't watch it once again, but it no. feels like a movie you would put in theaters. No, no, no this is a straight to DVD or straight but to with Disney. A, it's a big action movie, not? Is it not? Not really. Like, <laughs> Damn, really? Maybe it was supposed to be. Maybe yeah. that was their theory. But like in reality, it was. The trailer looked, I was like, this is that big action movie. It looks like a movie you should put like three actors that are like C-list actors in it. Yeah, and make the movie for like three million dollars. Like literally, had they not spent the money on actors, this would have been your average C tier list movie. Yeah, action movie. So, going back to Black Adam. Yeah, I guess you said kind of what you said. Also, apparently yesterday, uh, apparently it's a big news. Dwayne Rock Johnson unfollowed Black Adam and DC Comics on Instagram. Oh, he's salty. He's fucking salty. So yeah, I feel a little bit bad about the filmmakers for Henry Cavill and Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. I don't feel bad at all for fucking the dude. Rock. He makes a million movies yeah. a year. <laughs> He'll he's, be okay. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like I understand it's a passion project, but like I'm assuming he's been told he's axed or whatever has yeah. happened. And it's like you ain't gotta make Black Adam. I understand you want to, and there should be a Black Adam in the future. But like it just is not the time. Yeah. Maybe establish Damn. a universe first. Yeah, make me make you something coherent. Which is why these are all negative news, but maybe it's like they're accident for the greater good to establish a new universe. Although it is weird because like there's not gonna be another Black Adam movie ever. Cause like Dwayne the Rock Shot, there's no one with his like physicality. I don't he's not necessarily a good actor, but like no one embodies the role of literally more than him. There's that, but also it's that same thing. Like Black Adam's a villain. There'll never just be a movie about the villain. Joker. Oh, another one. Well, maybe <laughs> even another Joker movie. Okay. <laughs> like a... A super-powered villain. We'll say, uh, like, if if Joker's, like, S-tier because he got his own movie, yeah. Dwayne, uh, the Black Adam is, like, an A-tier. Because, like, he's a good villain, but you don't think much about him. Like I had not known about him before you told me you did because you read a lot more comics than I do. But is that one of those things? So an A tier villain is not one you're going to readily go seek out. They have to be S tier to get their own movie, such as oh, yeah. Venom who became an anti-hero Joker who in his own mind became an anti-hero. Yes. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. The evil things he did, you know, were like, you can kind of get it. You can be like, all right, this this guy's a little loose up in the head, but I get what he did. He's not fucking murdering babies. Yeah. Until the future. But yeah. So uh, where was I going with this? So black Adam, he's one of those AT villains. He's a solid villain, but he's not enough to make an entire movie about without him just simply being the villain of Shazam or Which is what he should have been. But the Rock's ego is too big that he couldn't be the villain or the secondary lead in a movie. He has to be the main guy on the poster. Which is fine. Just don't choose a villain. Choose a yeah. hero. Yeah. Or an even an but, anti-hero. Deadpool got his own movie and was perfectly fine. That works, yeah. 
but he wasn't like a primary villain for a specific character, a.k.a. Shazam. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Also, apparently Black Adam cost $200 million to make, which is insane. Deadpool was made for $50 million, which is a little low, but $200 million? That's insane. That's almost as much as the Avenger movies, and they had a shit ton of actors in those movies. Uh, Avatar, made for $300 million. A lot of money, but, like, it's relatively close, and Avatar, and at least what I've seen for Black Adam, don't look anywhere the same. Avatar is a wonder, spectacle wonder. Black Adam, the trailer, when I saw it, I was like, this looks like shit. I'm not gonna watch it. $200 million! Yeah, uh, like... On a character that's not Superman-level famous. That seems like a bonkers choice. I mean, you gotta pay The Rock some amount of money, but I guess that seems that. like too much. Everyone else in the movie, there was Pierce Brosnan and that one guy from that one Netflix show and some other people in it, I think. Pierce Brosnan doesn't cost that much money, I don't think. That, that man is not doing anything else these days, unfortunately. I like Pierce Brosnan. He's... He's, he's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, but like it seems like they spent a lot of money on CGI and The Rock. Yeah, pretty much. Um. So anyway, DC news. Let's keep this train rolling. Next thing, and this is old news, but it is like unfortunate news. I and it was something that was done before James Gunn was hired. It was the last management, but it was the Batgirl news. Oh yeah, the cancellation of yeah. Batgirl, just a total cancellation. So Batgirl, it was always going to be a straight-to-HBO movie, and people have said that it, it was designed that way. Was it, it was Batgirl not, or Batwoman? Batgirl. Okay. So it was Jim Gordon's daughter, yeah. Barbara Gordon. Okay. Um, They cast a girl in it that apparently everyone praised how hard she worked on the movie. Brendan Fraser, who's becoming super popular right now, he's got that movie The Whale come out soon that he's probably going to get an Oscar nomination for. And, uh, you know, people loved him in Doom Patrol. He was going to play the villain uh, Firefly in it. Oh, okay. uh, they, they hired two uh, directors. I forget their names. These, uh, uh, where are they from? I don't remember. But they directed the new Bad Boys movie that was apparently pretty good. And they directed some of Moon Knight. Um, they hired them, and the movie was completely finished, although they didn't get time to f finish the edit of it and put all the CGI and everything that needed for it in. And they just fucking canceled the whole movie. Mm -hmm. It will never see the light of day. I think that is the weirdest thing. And apparently a lot of directors were kind of shook up with that. It's like, wouldn't you be if you're a director and you think that your movie will never see the light of day? You finished the movie. Like, it's... Like, you'd think at the point of finishing it, like finishing filming, finishing the writing, everything like that, you're like, okay, the movie's safe now. Mm. Like, as a director, I'd be like, it's safe. It's going to make it to the screen. Yeah. And it wasn't even the big screen. It was HBO Max. It was HBO Max. What do you have to lose? Yeah. And they're just <laughs> like, nah, we don't need this in our lives. Cancel everything. Like, as a, insane. as an actor on the movie, as a filmer on the movie, as a director on the movie, I'd be like, am I that bad? Yeah. Speaking of big people that are in the movie, J.K. Simmons returned from uh, the fucking Snyder Cut as Jim Gordon for it. And, you know, he won an Oscar a couple of years ago. J. Jonah Jameson, he's a popular actor. He's a great actor. Michael Keaton, the original Batman from the oh, Tim Burton yes. movies. This was his return before The Flash comes out soon. Whenever the fuck The Flash actually shows up, if it does. The possible paradox movie. This was his return as Batman. How the fuck do you cancel a movie you 
with fucking Michael Keaton. People love his Batman. You how? It was a direct to HBO movie. What do you have to lose? It didn't cost that much. It cost less than Black Adam. Boy, look up. Uh, back. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting I'm getting hysterical. I'm very upset because I feel bad for the directors and everyone that worked on it. It seemed like it wasn't like someone they filmed in a month. It took him half a year to make the movie. I'm surprised it didn't take him longer. Like movies are not easy to make, and just be like. Nah, we don't need this in our lives. Like, that's insult to injury. Yeah. Like, you're already not making the movie. And then just like, instead of just not making it, we're going to forget its existence. Yeah, completely. And none of the other characters, except for Michael Keaton's Batman, is ever going to show up again. He's going to show up in the fucking Flash movie that's doomed to happen. That movie's going to fucking bomb as soon as it comes out. I'll be shocked if DC releases it. $90 million, which is a lot of money to the point that you should actually make, you know, publish a movie. But it's not fucking Black Adam $200 million movie. $90 million is a lot of money to not release a movie. It's a lot of money. And you have physically nothing to lose. Hmm. Like, unless it's the worst box office atrocity in the world, you have nothing to lose. Apparently, the main reason for accident was that they did, Warner Brothers de- determined that taking a tax write-off for Batgirl made more financial sense than releasing it commercially. So it was just purely purely about money that they would make a little bit more money if we use a tax write-off and not as an actual movie release. Take a pause. I'll be right back. All right, so we return. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about Batgirl. It's it's one of those things. It's heartbreaking that they couldn't do it, or they wouldn't want to simply because of uh, tax write-off. Like, that's corporate greed to the max. Oh, yeah. You've averaged, like, if they just, like, been, like, what was it, the original Fantastic Four, and just been like, we're making a movie with Batgirl, and then nothing, like, not a word of it since the day of mentioning it. I'd understand that, but they literally built up so much to this mm. that they're like, okay, it is officially, it is a movie that's coming out. We've made it. And then to be like, nah, we'd rather have the tax write off. It's such a weird choice. Yeah. Weird choice. And Brand, like Brandon Fraser was going to be the villain. People, that movie, the whale, have you seen a trailer for it? No, no. The whale, he's playing a man, uh, uh actually director, Darren off. Darren Aronofsky, you saw one of his movies, uh, Black Swan, recently, has mm-hmm. a movie called uh, The Whale coming out soon. He cast Brandon Fraser in the role. It's a good movie designed for the main character, main actor, to if they do a good job, to potentially win an Oscar. He plays a man that's like 500 pounds who's just stuck in his home because he's so depressed. And they put out a trail for it recently. He, he looks fucking amazing. And people are so supportive of Brandon Fraser. That movie, although it probably wasn't made for a whole bunch of money, then movie's going to make so much money because of it, even if it's not a big blockbuster-type movie. Batgirl would have gotten that. And they were like, nah. <laughs> Don't need that in our lives. Which is weird, because, like, Netflix will be like, here's a shitty movie, bro. Throw some good actors in it. Shitty movie, that's fine. We'll release that shit. And HBO is like, we're going to make this movie specifically for HBO Max. No. <laughs> it's like, it could be the shitty... It could be a Netflix shitty movie. Yeah, And people would be. still watch it. Yeah. Because, like... You know, because it's a Batman and a Batgirl in it. Yeah. And Brandon and, Fraser. And like, it's got the DC universe in it. And it's like, okay, yeah, somebody will watch it. 
and review it at the very least. Actually, wouldn't the Snyderverse, if they fucking support Zack Snyder as much as they do, they should support it because that is Zack Snyder's Jim Gordon is in it. So it should be something that they should, would give a shit about it. Yeah, it's a connection to his universe, but no. <laughs> Which is something, they need something to grasp onto. <laughs> It's all they got left. It's uh, they all, Batgirl is the only thing they had left. And DC took DC. Okay, that is okay. Is it, officially confirmed. Yeah, DC's. This is their fuck you. Yeah, they're like you guys gave us trolled us this much. Yeah. This is our fuck you. We are deleting. We we don't know this man exists. Maybe that is the theme that we've just learned. I I was about to ask you like, what does this all mean? Maybe what we learned is that DC is a Chad. <laughs> Because that's a Chad move, honestly. They deleted a director. They <laughs> physically deleted a director. Literally, and, like, all these actors had barely connection to him. Batgirl, she didn't have a connection to Zack Snyder, literally. But the movie slightly did because it had one character. Because that one character. And fucking DC going around with a handgun with any mention of any slight, very slight connection to Zack Snyder. They're like, bam! Dude, they literally <laughs> take the movie, put it on its knees. Put a gun to the back of its head and is like, what's your last words? And before they say the last words, it'll pop. <laughs> That's what they did to Batgirl. Batgirl, probably Black Adams too. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill. Oh, poor Henry Cavill. Poor Henry Cavill and probably with the last Aquaman movie. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So. Like, it's Chad, but, you know, at the same time, like. It's a little but, psychotic. It's a little psychotic. And the fans <laughs> physically have nothing. Yeah. As it stands, once Aquaman's done, that's it. We, yeah. We have nothing connecting yeah. us to the previous year. The universe. next movies they make better be really good because otherwise they've literally killed our fan base. Once again, I'm saying I'm not against this because I like James Gunn. I trust the direction. And I like some of their new movies. I love Batman. I love the Joker. Some of the movies they've announced seem interesting. But, like, this is, like, a risky thing because if you fail on this... You don't have anything left. You don't have Henry. Because if they put Henry Cavill in a Superman movie, that movie's going to make a lot of money. Because people have been clamoring to try to get him a sequel for years. That movie would make money. Yeah. It's not the same level as Black Adam. Black Adam and Superman, there's a difference between those characters and popularity. They could make a $100 million Superman movie compared to the 200... Fucking Black Adam movie. 200 million Black Adam movie. The Superman movie would make more at the box oh. office. It would make so much more, probably. Because people really do like Henry Cavill as a guy and as Superman. So it's a weird choice. Although I do think that it's probably because they're literally trying to erase the they Snyder act, They literally took an action like chalk. Which yeah. is weird because like, I get like it didn't make as much money as they thought it would make. And I get that some of those movies didn't get the critic response that it should get. Mm. It had a decent fan base, although not particularly great. But they weren't the worst things in the world. They weren't like fan four stick level bad and they weren't su uh, suicide squad the first one level bad yeah so i'm very shocked like they're literally killing it this way i get that the fan base is a little nuts sometimes i get that but we should probably go on to different topics but this what is, is your good, thoughts on this uh it's a good rant uh it is it's a very good rant <laughs> dude i don't know because it's like that whole thing i i want to see promise for the future i want to be like okay from here on out we're gonna see a new direction Hopefully it's still similar. Like I want it to be like diversified. I want yeah. I don't want the same movie out of anyone. Yeah, like totally. The Marvel cinematic uh whatever you want to call that where they set up every movie the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my main complaint about Marvel as well. They all have way too similar of a vibe. All the movies look the same. Yeah. 
And like once they find out something, because all the movies look the same, and then like Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and that looked that did really well because it was different. Mm. Now all the movies just feel like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they all take a little inspiration from it. Yeah, yeah. and then I guess that's where DC's going because now the Guardians well, of the Galaxy t- guy is now head honcho potentially, which is yeah. my the one thing I don't want to see. I would rather see the diversity. I sure, would, even if it's bad, I still want to see hundred percent. A, f- a sequel, no, maybe not a sequel, a spinoff of the Justice Leagues, the Zack Snyder Justice League, even if it's bad. Yeah. So I think as a final spinoff, Travis, because this could be the last time we talk about the last DCE universe that was a thing mm-hmm. uh, until this new universe, I think we should give a very quick send off to it. So I'm going to go through the movies and we're going to briefly talk about each one before we say goodbye at the end. Is that okay? I'm good. I'm good with saying goodbye. Basically what we're doing is like, you know, in the Viking culture, when they push the dead body out, they fucking shoot it with a flaming arrow. Just to torture it. Yeah. That's what we're doing. My cat is stuck in this room. Why are you in this room? You clearly want to get out. She was hiding under the bed. Why? Okay. So first, uh, man of steel, it established a style that they tried to do for a little bit, and then it was it was just cut out. And I think overall, as a movie, it's not that bad. It was the best Zack Snyder movie that yeah. had been made. I would agree with that. Oh, of the DC universe. Of the DC universe. <laughs> Definitely a lot better than Arby the Dead. Okay, yeah. Well, we won't include that. because that's Batman like... vs. Superman, Don Justice. I will still attest that it's not as bad as everyone says, but it's not a great movie. It is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, yeah. Fair enough. It is a mediocre movie at best. Yeah. But as far as the movies that came afterwards, I actually appreciate it far more than I used to. The next one that came out in 2016, Suicide Squad. Garbage movie. Yeah. Bye. What is your opinion on a lot of people trying, not to the point, not, it doesn't have the fan base that Zack Snyder got, but there's a small collection of Snyder fanboys that want to get Suicide Squad its own director's cut because apparently there was a lot of stuff that was cut out and not put in the final product but it wasn't good in making yeah. a director's cut doesn't make it better it just makes it longer <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true we're gonna talk about that later wonder woman uh, the first one that the universe was going off the hinge for a little oh, a little bit luckily wonder woman showed up and actually uh, corrected the course a little bit yeah I-, I will respect wonder woman the same way i respected man of steel yeah. It is a fair, no, it, it's a great movie. I'll say it's great. I won't say it's amazing. I'll say it's great. Yeah. And that's kind of amazing. Cause like at that point, Snyder has such a fan base and I do, I do like him as a director cause he's stylized. And I like directors that try some style wise, regardless if the movie itself is good or not. But Patty Jenkins doesn't get the same recognition as a director. Although her movie, Wonder Woman kind of say the DC universe cuz you had Man of Steel people were divided on Batman and Superman a lot of people were pissed off at that movie Suicide Squad people just thought that movie was garbage three bad movies to start a universe in a row or mediocre movies not great I don't I don't think Patty Jenkins as a director gets enough recognition for saving the DC universe a little bit although it's been killed recently and she helped kill it <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So, like, no, she did amazing on her first movie. And mad respect to how she did it. Like, it was a solid movie. But then, to go into this later, she started following tropes of society. 
that didn't help the movie at all. Oh, actually, I forgot. You can't, according to a lot of Snyder bots, you can't give her credit for Wonder Woman because Zack Snyder produced Wonder Woman and they think that she stole some of his style for Wonder Woman because there is a couple of times where she uses slow motion and stuff. Which, yeah, but you're trying to make it fit into the same universe. And yeah, you have exactly. to give it a similar feel. So, yes, you are going to steal elements of it. <laughs> yeah. But she didn't steal an exact standard script. Otherwise, it would have been shit. Exactly. Yeah. There was actually a script that was like, you know, this is a decent movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's an actual story here. Like, what? You got to give her some credit. Next was also in 2017 was Justice League, otherwise known now as the Justice League, the, the Joss Whedon cut of it, the shorter version. Oh, uh, that existed. Yes. Yes. We actually, for one of our Trash Talk podcast episodes, I don't remember. We I don't know if you remember, but we just... We just did a live reaction. We just watched the whole movie and drank and talked about it while we watched the movie. We must have drank a lot. I don't remember. It was preparation for the Snyder Cut. We watched it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I do vaguely remember that. Yeah. I am of the attest that I hate the Justice League movie because it's so tame. Because they try to do a weak-ass like version of Marvel. They try to do an adventures with it. Hiring Joss Whedon, who directed the first adventures, actually the first two adventures movies to redo this. So there's a lot of jokes. They try to take Zack Snyder's very dark tones and they try to like push color on it. So because of, because the colors they put on it didn't work for what he already shot. It looked like a really mutated, like dark with light colors to be this ugly Brown color. Yeah. There was, there was that, um, and there was like the whole acting, like all the actors had a set once they envisioned Zack Snyder's characters in their mind, or even uh, the like the original one. Once they envisioned that in their mind, they didn't want to change course. Like they yeah. didn't want to become uh, Avengers, Su- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. They didn't want to become them, but he was like forcing them to try to yeah. become them. But, yeah, it which, didn't work. Which I hate it. And like, people it, are always like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Like, our friend Milo even was like, yeah, I saw it and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, because it's it tries to do the Marvel thing of like, oh, we add some jokes in there, therefore people think it's a decent movie. No, all you did was make a really bad movie that tried to mimic Marvel. It didn't try to do anything new stylization-wise. All you did was make a Just League movie in vain of Marvel, but only a shittier version of that. And people think you're making a decent movie. I would prefer Batman and Superman, which tried to do something weird, or not weird, but stylized. For most people, it failed, but at least it tried something new. I or will, newish, I guess. It's not completely new, of course. I will say, when I first saw it, I didn't mind it, solely because I felt like it was Marvel, but if Marvel tried to do a different take on one of their movies. Sure. Like, if they tried to take one of their Avengers movies and make it dark and grittier. That's the only reason I didn't mind it. Once I actually compared it to like a lot of other movies, I realized it wasn't good. And it's like really kind of not worth the watch. Like to some extent it is because it has some, some value to it. But like overall it, you can tell it's like a hodgepodge of stuff just thrown together. That's very true. Uh, Next was Aquaman, which is not a bad movie. Although, now, because I recently rewatched it at the gym, it was playing on the gym. It's not a bad movie. I really like what James Wan did with the camera work. Um, comparing its underwater CGI compared to what Avatar did. Okay, well that's a big, big difference for sure. Yeah, 
I will say, yeah, their underwater work is very dark. And I think it's, again, trying to mimic the Snyderverse. Yeah. And then they do very bright, vi- bright, vibrant colors, like, to mix in with it, to make it seem very nice, which I enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed the bright to dark contrast. But, like, 90% of the movie, you can't see anything underwater because it's so dark. Yeah. But overall, Aquaman, you know, pretty fun. I really like how just like a lot of like different factions going against each other, like different people are fortunate it's war. And, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Actually. I still attest that it's a fun movie. Maybe not a perfect movie, but it's fun. Yeah. Fun movie. When it is colorful, I do enjoy it for the most part It's too dark to see 90% of the crap. And I thought the characters were really well done as far as the story. Yeah. It's kind of generic. In 2019, DC only had one released movie, but it was a movie that actually got them some pretty critical acclaim. I think it got like a 90% around Tomatoes, which is a jam. Such a jam. Uh, based on Little Boy, it's basically big, but with a superhero as Superman. And overall, yeah, watch it today. It's probably not my favorite DC movie, but overall, yeah, it's a good movie. It still holds up. Like, yeah. even after however many years, 2019 till 2022, it is held up very well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very fun. And, like, with the new movie that's coming out, the new Shazam, you could see that the actor, Zachary Livey, he actually got, like, actual real muscle on, like, Shazam, where they put, like, that fake bodysuit in. I kind of like the campiness of the fake, uh, the bodysuit that made him look, like, way more buff than he should be. Yeah. It, I think it works way better. It feels like a classic, like, 80s, 90s comic book. Hmm. Where they just give people the fake suits. Um, yeah, well, no, but like they're drawn to be like excessive, like Superman when he takes off his Clark Kent, like costume, he's like overly buff and he's like macho big man, but with superpowers. Okay. So the next movie we're going to talk about quickly is after what was the most recent movie we talked about? Shazam. Shazam. Uh, Birds of Prey came out right at the beginning of COVID. Some movie theaters were starting to shut down a little bit. It did not make much money at all. There'll never be a Birds of Prey 2. We watched the time and I thought it was pretty solid and there was some really good action scenes. I liked Margot Robbie and I liked whoever played the, this version of Black Canary. Oh, yeah, she was really good. She was really good. Other than that, I didn't care about the movie story, characters, or anything. But it, like, overall, wasn't a terrible movie. I would watch that over the original, just not the the Josh, Josh Whedon cut. Uh, Yeah. Just like, yeah. Birds of Prey, I thought it was some cool. They were able to get some of the. John Wick guys help with the action scenes. Some of them were really cool looking. Which the ones they did were amazing. Yeah. But then you really notice when they didn't do an action yes. scene. Which we talked about in an old review if anyone wants to listen to. But definitely that last, unfortunately, the climactic final fight scene, it looks like they spent the money before they did the reshoots. And the last fight scene they have is not as good as the ones they clearly did reshoots for when they brought in the John Wick guys to help out. Much earlier, yeah. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Um, Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman 1984. Kind of a bad, if not a garbage movie. Oh, you're calling it bad? Yeah. No, it doesn't deserve that. No? It's absolute shit. <laughs> that's fair. I like Gallagher as Wonder Woman. I'm not going to lie. But, like, everything else in the movie didn't make sense and was crap. <laughs> And everything, like all the other characters, even the the pilot guy there who... I Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. 
Like, he was good in Wonder Woman. I didn't care about him in 1984. Because they shoehorned him back in in yeah. a movie after he died. In a movie after, and he didn't care about this movie. No, he did not. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a crap movie. And they introduced, like, Cheetah and stuff, and, like, oh. she was pretty lame. Even though she's a classic Wonder Woman villain. Yeah, like, she looked, well, she looked like cats, which was... She looked like fucking cats, which is not a thing you want to get. I mean, I didn't think it was the worst. I think it kind of worked. Because, like, her character in the comics kind of looks like what I would imagine cats, like, IRL would look like that bad CGI cat. IRL. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, like, like because it's a comic book. Like, you can't draw them yeah. real life you can't comic. Do them the same, so, yeah. like, cats would be the most equivalent, I would imagine. I like Pedro Pascal as the main villain of Maxwell Lord. A very charismatic actor. But overall, yeah, the movie, dog shit. All right, next one, 2021, The Suicide Squad. I still attest that I love this movie so much. James oh. Gunn came in, fucking knocked it out of the park, which is weird because he took over a sequel from a movie that was dog shit. The yeah. original Suicide Squad. It wasn't even a sequel. It was like a rehabilitation. Of- it was like a soft, soft reboot. Yeah, because they kept, like, two of the actors actresses and that was it like the only thing yeah it was pretty much it like the rest of the movie was different and i will say his stylization works for suicide squad 100 like just as it works for guardians of the galaxy his stylization works for suicide squad also peacemaker but that's a different story yeah and also works great because with this one unlike guardians he was allowed to do rated r which is unfortunately why maybe the movie didn't make a ton of money but like it works so perfectly with his style. It works with his style. And honestly, I didn't feel that it was rated R. Watching the movie, I would be like, yeah. I would rate this PG. I, like, if I was the rating person, I'd be like, yeah, it's PG-13. Yeah. I don't care how many times I swear. I don't care if there's yeah. blood, guts, and gore. Because there's always so much charm and uh, heart to his movies. There is. And there's color. There's vibrance. And it never feels... Like, honestly, I would rate... Uh, Batman versus Superman rated R versus this movie. Yeah. Which is funny because it was actually rated PG 13. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Cause it has that tone to it. Yeah. It's got that dark grittiness. Depressing. That'd be like, yeah. Depressing that I would be like, okay, I don't want somebody's kids to watch this. Yeah. But then I watch James Gunn's. I'm like, yeah, there's a bit of violence, but like, I'm okay with a 13 year old watch. Yeah. This. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Honestly. Good movie. Very good movie. It is. It's, it'll hold up for years. 100%. It, one of the only ones that hold. Yeah, and Peacemaker. We're not going to talk about because it it's not a movie, but great show. Uh, two thousand twenty-two. The only DC movie we've not seen. Either of us. Black Adam. Oh, I'm not going to watch it. No. I was thinking about like, yo, should we watch it for a, like an episode? But I was like, there are better movies we can talk about. We're literally going to list off like three here in a minute. Here's upcoming films that DC's making. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Do you see a trailer? I have not yet. We have to watch that when we're done this. I think it looks... Like Shazam. No, I think it looks much worse than Shazam. Really? It looks like Black Adam. It's like a focus of like a lot of like destruction, like Mia Steel kind of, and like him against like super powerful people. It's not like on the like, but no, Shazam was, was nice. Like it focused on like the small stuff, like him just hanging out at the Dude, orphanage and he stuff was literally like that. Batman, but with Superman's powers. That's what he was. Yeah. Like he would 
solving crime, going to fight a couple bad guys in a fucking subway. He's a little. Ki- he's a kid. You know, he's, he's a- in high school or middle school, or whatever. The new trailer. It looks just like it looks like Black Adam. <sighs> so we'll see about that. The Flash. That that will be interesting. Is also, that actually coming out? It's still slated, but the thing is, they can't cancel it like Batgirl because it cost them like two hundred million to make. Actually, the it's Flash a tax write off budget. They not for that much money. You can't. Yeah, two hundred million dollars. That's a shit ton of money. You can't not release that. I mean, I guess the only reason to release this, like to their benefit, would be because they can rewrite everything. Yeah, that's true. None of the Zack Snyder, nothing before this existed, yeah. except for what they want to exist. Although Ezra Miller was cast by Zack Snyder. But he will, he'll meet, like, he could physically meet an alternate timeline Flash and just be erased. And they're like, yes, so Ezra Miller, you mean this new Flash? He may or may not be the replacement for you, literally, in the future? No, no, he will be because you did something slightly stupid. Confirmed they have shot Blue Beetle. And that is actually coming out. Oh, actually, I did hear about that. Yeah, so officially they announced that uh, it's been shot. People were worried because they thought it was going to get the the axe like Batgirl got because I think it's also just been a HBO Max film and that's it. But they posted an image recently, so it is official, so it will happen. Very we'll cool. Uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, probably the last time we'll actually see anything from the Snyderverse ever again. Oh, did Zack Snyder make that one? No, but, you know, oh. he cast Jason oh. Momoa. Okay. So is it again the same director as the first? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, James I'm, Wan was I'm fine. It. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that, too. If they're going to the Lost Kingdom, it'll basically be like Ant-Man going into the quantum realm thing. Yeah, probably. And that is the Trash Talk Podcast send-off of the DC Universe. We shoot Goodbye. the arrow, the flaming arrow, into the coffin that is DC. Although, maybe we'll get a rebirth. Maybe. I like your optimism. I don't follow yeah. it, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking. There's not much confirmed of, like, in the future. There's, like, those movies I just talked about, and that's it. There's, like, nothing else. Oh, there's not even, like, a spinoff of the Batman or anything? No. Well, it should. I don't know why it's not on Wikipedia, but they're supposed to be. But it's, like, it's far for, it's not as far along as you would think. Like, they're, like, working on the script there now. They're not even close to filming. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. I'm surprised. But yeah, no, they're working very slow on it. But that should happen at some point. Okay. Um, no, Joker 2. I don't know why that's not on Wikipedia. But Joker 2 is getting shot right now. Oh, based off the, the newest Joker. Yeah, with um, Lady Gaga. She's going to play Harley Quinn. And they're going to be making a musical. Weird choice. But I guess that's an interesting take. I mean, actually, in his dove into into uh insanity i could see that i could totally see it that's why i'm I, saying it's not the worst thing in the world yeah that could work i'm, I'm okay with that yeah. yeah all right let's uh step away from dc for a while so you know because you talk about dc a while it's a little depressing <laughs> As... let's let's just talk let's talk about things we've been watching recently and whatnot uh so travis um just going on to the opposite front on the disney front in terms of marvel stuff and star wars stuff what have you been watching recently Ooh, so we together watched, well, mainly because you told me I had to watch it for this episode, the Gardens of the Galaxy Christmas special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched that a couple weeks ago. Which was a solid show, or ep- episode. What do you call those shorts? Yeah, it's 50 minutes or 45 minutes long. It's a... I guess just a special. Yeah, it's just a special, I guess, yeah. Okay. 
the Christmas is theme special that came out way before Christmas. That I didn't understand. Um, is an introduction to the guns of the galaxy three, but not really. Cause it doesn't introduce any new characters or anything like that. It's yeah. the old cast doing this wacky random thing that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they go to kidnap a guy on earth to bring him back because, uh, uh, what's his name? Peter Quill as a young lad, like the actor. Oh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. And so they bring him back and they just host a Christmas special and they introduce a few new things. Like I guess, uh, the dog character is now part of their. Oh yeah. Cosmo, family. the space dog. Yeah. And can speak Russian and English. <laughs> yeah. Um, possibly a Kevin Bacon might become part of the galaxy. Who knows? He might go fight crime in the universe. And, uh, like they now have a home base and like a small army of, like people living on this skull that they could ask to fight for them, but probably wouldn't because they're like scavenger type people. Yeah. It's an interesting show or just special, not a huge fan of it, but I don't hate it. I, there's not much conflict in it, so I don't really care about it, but I guess specials, especially Christmas specials are themed around like not making sense and like no effort put in, but I like how they give, Mantis, uh, played by Mop, what's her name? Palm Kamarmoff? Mispronounced her name to hell. Um, but oh, I'm glad her she, and Drax. Yeah, her and Drax. I'm glad given her and him, but especially her, more like to shine. She's, I've been looking at her resume. She's not in a ton of stuff, but like, it, the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff is definitely like the most time she gets like screen time. But like, in this Christmas special, like, she shows like she's a very charismatic actor as that character. So she's solid. Like, honestly, if they ever cast another Mantis, I'd be disappointed. Oh, yeah, 100%. And honestly, if they cast another Drax, I'd also be disappointed because he's pretty solid as well. Yeah, Drax is awesome. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's how I watched that. Actually, we both watched that. And then I watched Andor. Oh, yes. That's the show I've been meaning to watch because um, we originally were like, who gives a shit about this? Because it's like a TV show prequel to a prequel character from the prequel movie of uh, the prequel movie where everyone dies. Yes. It's like, who gives a shit? And it came out and I started hearing a lot of people were saying, you know, it's pretty good, especially like some of the later episodes are fucking great television writing. Yeah. So I'm comparing this to the, the other, uh, Dis- uh, Disney, uh, star Wars shows, which would be, as far as I remember, Mandalorian live action. Sorry. Uh, Boba Fett and, Kenobi. Yes. And albeit it doesn't quite hold the candle to Mandalorian because I absolutely love that show. Great show. It walks all over uh, Boba Fett and Kenobi. Like it is by far a superior show and it is one I can recommend watching. I can't go into detail because Austin hasn't seen it, but it is a very, very good show. I do highly recommend it. It has a very good storyline. Like that's the biggest thing. Maybe the acting is very generic star Wars and the scenes are very generic star Wars, but you have to be in it for the story. And I think it's solid. Last thing I watched is werewolf by midnight, which is for anyone who doesn't know, it's a black and white kind of has like a fifties ish feel to it. 
of like the classic like monster uh, movies, monster movie like yeah. uh, let's go Frankenstein or the classic Dracula like Black Werewolf Wolf movies, of course, especially Werewolf this. movies. Yeah. But it's Werewolf got that man. classic feel to it, but like it's got like modern CG not CGI. Like yeah. it has a very modern tone with the black and white aesthetics and sound and characters. And it works like it feels like clue mixed with, I hate to say it, but like a generic, like Marvel TV show, like, like sure. Loki. If you mix clue and Loki together, I think you'd get that. Interesting. And also a black and white movie of your choice. Yeah. Um, so probably the werewolf man is, I assume a werewolf character is in it. I did hear that man thing is in it. Even if he's only introduced a little bit, is he in it very much or no? He's in it enough to where you care. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. Um, that's enough to see him. Man Thing's an awesome dude. Yep. A bit their version of Swamp Thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yep. He's in it. Um, And there's actually, like, I don't know many of the actresses, actresses and actors, but, like, I, like I've seen him around in things. Like, um, I, I can't remember exactly what. I want to say, like... I almost remember main actress, not the main actress. Sorry. The one who plays the mother-in-law. I remember her from something, but I can't remember what the movie is. They are memorable actors and they do a very good job of their roles. Like, sure. like one plays like a Viking type character and he feels like a Viking. He feels very like attack forward defense whenever you get the chance. He's a Viking type character. Like what, he, what time is it period is it set in? I don't know. They never say. Oh, okay. Like if you look at some of the uniforms, I would almost say like twenty ten. Oh, weird. But like in theory, like this could be any it's black and white, it could be any that time period. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I've been meaning to watch it for a while because I heard good things about it when it came out, but it's not doesn't have any like main Marvel characters. Not a ton of people saw it, but I heard very good things about it. And then I'm happy you saw it to confirm that's good. Now I'm gonna go check it out soon. But yeah. you would say it's if, definitely better than the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, by far. If if you like like the stylization of like 50s classic horror genre, like uh, like Frankenstein and crap like that. Yeah, I will say you will enjoy this. Okay, very cool. So. Something I've been watching recently, because I haven't seen those yet. Uh, have you seen, or maybe not, the new Pinocchio movie by Guillermo del Toro? Oh, no. No. Uh, Hadn't heard about so it. So there's been, what's weird is this year's been very odd for Pinocchio. There's been three Pinocchio movies that came out this year. All by Disney or no? No. So one movie, the first one that came out was the one that was a like a like a Z-list studio that put out the Pinocchio movie that people made fun of that had a very uh, a flamboyant tone to him. The one who's like, "Father, I want to go on an adventure." Never heard of that. Okay, it's 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 like a it's like an amazing bulk type like Z-list movie. Okay, and that came out first and then Disney put out their live action Pinocchio movie with Tom Hanks as Geppetto. And they had like a CGI. Oh, I saw the commercial that that actually came out this year. It did. And it came out and no one saw it and it bombed critically. I was about to say too bad. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Which we had put in Tom Hanks. Who's one 
would argue is in the top 10 of actors who get paid the most, but it was a movie that went straight to Disney+. Plus. Didn't go to theaters. It went just yeah, straight to Disney+. Plus. I think I saw one commercial for that in my entire yep. like, seeing commercials, and I just... I was like, you know what? That sounds okay. I don't care. Yeah. Because, like, it just sounded like Pinocchio, the original, the animated one, but live action. That's pretty much what it was. Uh, Yeah, it got 27% Rotten Tomatoes. Oof, that's rough. And then recently, only a week ago, came out Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio movie, which is a stop-motion animation movie. Unlike the first Pinocchio movie, which was shitty... 3D animation by a studio with very limited budget. That's not the first one. First one was the animated one by Disney, which was Kino. Uh, but I mean, just mean this year. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. literally mean just this year. And then Disney did theirs, which was live action technically with CGI elements. And this was only um, stop motion animation. And it is a beautiful movie. It doesn't take, it takes the very loose storyline of Pinocchio and it really changes everything up with only just taking the loose story structure of the whole thing and doing its own thing completely and as a story it's more adult themed although kids could probably watch it and enjoy it um it doesn't it doesn't make it as generic as a Disney one where it's more like PG like allows characters like Nazis are a theme of it like it takes place during World War 2 which is kind of the time period I think of the original animated one Roughly. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so too. And there's like, there's there's a point where ships are flying overhead and they're dropping bombs and stuff. Like there are adult themes to it. The stop motion, just I think stop motion is like a beautiful thing in general. It's a hard thing to make, but it's just pulled off beautifully. They've been working on this movie for years. Um, it's got a very good cast to it. Uh, the the acting, the voice acting is really good. But what's interesting about it is that like. Even if that Pinocchio movie Tom Hanks was decent because maybe it copied the original one down to a T, it follows the standard Pinocchio story. This, it takes a story structure, but everything else is completely different. All the villains, all the characters, the main story is completely different. It's just like there's some things like Jimmy Cricket's a thing. He teaches him how to learn as a person. He learns how to grow up. There's a whale-like thing at the end of the movie. There's a bad guy-like character, like in the original one, but it's not the same character at all. He keeps those familiar elements, but does completely different things with it, while also making it stop motion. Okay. And it not only looks like a lot more effort was put into it than the Disney one and the other shitty one, but also as a story, it's also very good too. So I would definitely recommend Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is free to watch on Netflix. Okay, Netflix. Okay, I thought this was... Dis- not Disney, no. Uh, this is Netflix. Okay. Yeah, and it's very good. Very good. And I think anyone can really watch and enjoy it. And do we watch this in comparison to the live-action Pinocchio and compare the two? I didn't watch it, the live-action Pinocchio. Didn't I care. don't care because it looks just like a rehash of the original one just because they want to make a live action out of everything. So I didn't give a shit. The new, the new, um, little mermaid, this pretty much anything else that comes out. That's a rehash or something. I don't care. Cause it's just a lazy way to make money. Well, no, it's, well, it's also keeping copyright. That is also true. Keeping copyright. But this new Pinocchio movie actually feels like, Hey, I like the original story, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do it in a unique style. That's hard to do. Stop motion. And it's really good. Okay. I'd be down to see that. I don't watch much Netflix anymore. Yeah. But I'd be down to they watch They do put out a lot of garbage, but, like, this is one of the stuff that's, like, 
It's good. This is like Love, and Death, and Robots? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like, you'll watch it go, oh, there's actual, like, professionals that were put on this to not only make it look good, but, like, a good writing team made this movie. Okay. Like, it's good. You'll definitely enjoy it. I think anyone would. So, Travis, what are other things you've been watching recently? There's a list. I know. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we talked. It has. Uh, so, for anime, I've caught up on One Piece, which was difficult to do because I was, like, three months behind. So, what episode are you at? Uh, last I checked, maybe I haven't actually, I might not be caught up because there might be more now. Yeah. 1,048. Whew. I'm one unless I'm mistaken, I think it's 1,048. Whew, that's a lot. There are a lot. Um, so caught up, or at least at, at one point I was caught up on that. <laughs> um, how, what else was there? Uh oh, for anime just alone, Chainsaw Man. I'm caught up on that, which I am caught up. I know I'm caught up because there's only eight eight episodes. Yeah, um, that um, based off a very popular manga, um, it, it went is. to animation form. I haven't seen any of it, but the animation style kind of looks like One Piece Man, where you can go, oh yeah, they put some money into this animation. But the question is, is it good? It is. It is solid. I good. I highly recommend this to anyone. Like I didn't, I didn't hear about Chainsaw. I'll be, I'm not up on the latest uh, manga, manga, whatever you want to call it. I don't know anything about most of them, but like when I see an anime that I like, and this one got more, I heard more about this one, like through YouTube than I've heard about any anime I've ever watched. I watched it. I was not disappointed. It is solid. It is, it is absolutely Kino. Um, so What's the premise of it besides oh, the main character is facing a chainsaw and his arms are chainsaws? So which right there, that's a pretty good premise. It is a good premise. He is a human that takes the heart of a demon, which is allow allows him to become the chainsaw. And he hunts other demons. So that's pretty cool. The one thing he's hunting, so demons in this society are ranked off how dangerous they sound. So gun demon, which guns are a very dangerous tool, is ranked the highest of all of them because guns kill the most people per year. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, so he is the chainsaw demon, which albeit they don't kill people, they're still a dangerous tool. Like you wouldn't want to get cut in the leg by a chainsaw. Yeah, that's fair. But in this like universe the chainsaw demon for whatever reason is not po- as powerful as the gun demon but also has he was wounded like he was physically attacked by other demons other demons hate the chainsaw demon for some unknown reason i haven't figured that out cuz we haven't made it that far in the story yet the show's ongoing still it is at least on crunchyroll which is what i watch it on so would you say I know different different animes and everything. Is it kind of like One Piece Man, where it's like there's One Piece humor. Man, <laughs> One Punch Man, or One Piece? Fuck you, One Punch Man. Okay, One Piece Man. Yes. Uh, where it's like it's serious, but like there's definitely a lot of communal elements of it. No, because no? it seems like Gun Demon 
That seems a little funny. No. So like, it's funny, but not in the same way. Yeah. So actually the people who originally made the one punch man anime made mob psycho, which is another thing I've caught up on. And mob psycho is top 10 Kino animes of all time. It is about a psychic who has powers, but he, he wants to live his life normally. He doesn't want to use his powers. Cause like, so if you had psychic powers, if you could like levitate a table with your mind, Austin, would you not every day of your life? Of course. And you had no repercussions for this. hundred percent. Yeah. He wants to be a normal human. He wants to struggle like a normal human. He wants Why? to fuck you, man. You but, got the powers I want. Yeah. But he has immense powers. Like he could literally wipe out half the earth with his mind. Just like he could level people with his mind, but he yeah. chooses not to because in his mind, he believes and not only he's a middle schooler, but he believes he should work towards his goals as if he was a normal human being. Isn't there, I've heard some people say that there's a pedophilic element to it in that he is younger and there's a female character that is over 18 that's romantically interested or involved somehow. Okay, no, sorry, that's that's Chainsaw Man. Oh, Chainsaw Man, yes. So, uh, with Mob Psycho, the main characters in his middle school and his love interest that he cares about is also middle school. Kind of weird, but is what it is. Chainsaw Man, the main character is sixteen, and the 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 woman he cares about, the love interest, is like twenties or thirties. Yeah. So that is. That's a predatorial, like, pedophilia vibe. Sure. It's weird, but it's, if you kind of ignore that, it's still a great show. I know it's hard to ignore. How much of an element of it is it, though, in the show? It is, it's very heavily God damn it. (laughs) God damn it, I knew there was going to be one thing hanging over its head. Yeah, no, Chainsaw Man is a solid show apart from that. All right, fair enough. Uh, so Mob Psycho is a hundred percent a Kino show. I will no one will. Right, I will think about watching that. So no, you should watch both of them and tell me what you think. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Chainsaw Man is pretty short. So something I've been watching recently I want to talk about was a uh, a series called Police Story, which is a series of action movies that are made in the eighties by Jackie Chan. That I started watching recently, and it was uh, the first Police Story is what made Jackie Chan globally famous if any made uh police story two at some point i'm going to show it to you Travis. i'm going to talk about very briefly but it makes what the john wick team did on john wick look like amateur stuff it is insane what they do with uh police story not only in terms of what jackie chan as the main character does that you can clearly see it's him doing the stunts but everyone else around him as he's thrown them through glass and like through windshields, he's like flying off like a, a bus is like driving super, like super fast around a corner. He's like, he takes an umbrella and he's like hanging off the side of it. And at the end of the movie, he's like in a huge shop shopping mall and with no wires attached or anything. He just jumps on like a, like a fireman's pole. that goes from the top of the shopping mall all the way to the bottom. as like things are exploding around him. It's insanity. While also just a nice little fun story with some like communicable elements where it's like he's a cop trying to stop this like you know like this criminal overlord from like 
you know, doing his shady stuff, and he's trying to stop him, but he doesn't kill anyone in there. He just, like, fucking uses kung fu and beats them up, <laughs> and that's it. So he's, like, a wholesome guy, and, like, there's a lot of, like, like slapstick comedy elements to it, too. But, yeah, the police story wanted police story, too, but really, uh, you know, it was fucking good. Have you ever seen Rush Hour? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's <laughs> sort of like that, but it's less of a buddy cop thing because it's okay. mostly just him. Yeah. And he has, like, a girlfriend, and, like, he reports to, like, the chief of police, and, like, he's always, like, he's always, like, breaking away and, like, doing, like, crazy stuff, and, like, beating everyone up in, like, an alley and stuff, and, like, the cops don't like that because he's, like, he's too ruthless. Although he didn't kill anyone, but, like, he causes property damage. Oh, okay. But, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Police no, story one and two. Good, good shit. I, I'm down for that. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely, I'm there. Yeah. All right. Other things you've been watching, Travis. Mm-hmm. There's a list. Um, what else? And at some point, we should also probably talk about Avatar, which is what we just recently watched. The big movie, Avatar 2, The Way of the Water. Oh, yeah. We should probably talk about that. Yeah, you want to talk about it now quickly? Or maybe not quickly. You know, it's probably one of the main things of this episode. Let's talk about Avatar 2. All right, let's go for Avatar 2. Yeah, so Avatar 2, it's been like uh, 13 years um, since the first one, Avatar The Way to Water, directed by James Cameron. They've been taking their time with this. They've been trying to find ways to, apparently they want to make the sequel sooner than they have, but there wasn't a technology to make underwater CGI the way they want it now, where it looks as realistic as it does. So, um, which admittedly it looks really great when they like step out of the water. It they look drenched. They look like they just stepped out of the water. And it's partially because they actually filmed in water. I'm like, <laughs> James Cameron was fucking roasting Marvel. Like, people were like, why don't you just, like, shoot it in a green screen area and just, like, animate the water around them? It's like, well, because I just want it to actually look fucking good. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty savage. But, yeah, Avatar 2 is out. The way of the water. What do we think about it? Throw it on you first. <laughs> yeah. Everything CGI is solid. Oh, yeah, definitely. It looks amazing. The one letdown is the humans. Okay. So when you compare humans to green screen, and this is any green screen, you always get that, like, you know it's different. Yes, definitely. When it's the Na'vi against their own backdrop. Yeah. When it's the Na'vi in the water, when it's the Na'vi versus the Na'vi, like, just hanging out, doing whatever, it's perfectly fine. As soon as you add those human characters, and this was any scene in this entire movie and any scene in the original Avatar, you see the the green screen. You see the CGI more. Yeah, because it's impossible to go from a 100% realistic human to a character that, although a lot of times has been put on CGI, the character, it's not real. Of course, it's not yeah. real. And one thing that I think helped out the original was like the adding of like the darker colors. So when people were hopping into their, what were the equivalent of like mech suits, like they could control them using their mind and they yeah. fought and did stuff with them. When you see them getting into those, it, because they're dark black or gray or whatever, it almost kind of seems feasible. Like you can still tell it's CGI, but like it almost has that feeling of like, okay, these humans set into this background really well. The problem is like with this one, they add them into very bright colors, like, like water, which is like blue, like, like ocean blue. And then they add them into the sky, which in this world is also blue, like, like earth. And then they add them, like at one point they were in a jungle, a very nice 
brightly lit green jungle and they were up against like construction equipment. And when you see them compared to that, it looks so off that it's like, it's, it, it uh, you lose your immersion into the story. At least I do. Yeah. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say it was a lack of immersion into story, but definitely I would agree with you. It definitely works a lot better when it's only Navi against their own backdrops, especially with, I like the idea of making the villain because he was killed in the first one, turning him into a Navi in this one, because then you can have the, uh, the motion capture suit CGI of the main protagonist against the motion capture CGI villain. And it works a lot better in a CGI boat in CGI water. It like works a lot. All better. of it works. It works very well and it looks very good. Definitely. But unfortunately it's just that no matter how good you make the CGI, you throw a human in there with nothing around him. And it definitely looks a little off, which is why, what do you think about the spider character? <sighs> I liked him. I liked him as a character, sure. but it's that whole thing. Every time I saw him, I was drawn away. Yeah. You kind of pulled out of it a little bit. Exactly. Cause like 90% of the movie I'm drawn in. I'm like, okay, I am in this fantasy world. I am swimming through the oceans with these fantasy beings. I was just enjoying time. And then you, or even th- like swinging through the jungle or flying through the jungle and the, the floating islands. Like it's beautiful. It's amazing. And I respect it. But then I get to this character. <laughs> this is nothing bad about the character. He was well-written. He was well-acted. But like you see him compared to all the Navi and you're like, okay, something just feels so off right now in this scene. Sure. That's fair. All right, while we're talking about the movie, I'm going to drop in the occasional Avatar facts. I think the interesting thing about this movie is like the production of it because it's such a massive undertaking. This movie itself took four years to make, which is a shit ton of time. Four years. It's incredible, especially for a live-action movie. Animation takes a little longer, but this is live-action. So, Well, live-action CGI animated. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. According to James Cameron, the Avatar sequels were such a... Ma- sequels in general, not just this one, were such a massive undertaking that he divided the four screenplays from Avatar 2 through 5 between the four-man writing team. So what happens is he met with them for seven months where they whiteboarded out every scene in every film together, but he didn't assign every writer, you're going to be directing two, you're going to be writing two, you're going to be directing four, five, three, whatever, because he knew that ahead of time they would tune out anytime they were talking about any other movie. If you knew you were you were writing Avatar three and they were talking about Avatar four, you wouldn't care as much. So he had them focus intently for seven months on all these sequels, and then at the end he signed them which movie they'll be writing. Yeah, kind which, of savage and crazy. Seven months is a long time just to talk about writing the movies. Dude, that is intense. It's insane. But at the same time. Like, so you're this guy and all they, they care somewhat. Cause like, if you're a director, you want to be like, okay, what was the movie before this? So maybe they saw avatar in theaters, but they didn't see avatar two. So if you're, you're directing avatar five, you're like, okay, what happened in avatar two? So that you take, you'd hmm. spend like some time paying attention to it because you'd like, okay, I have to follow a story. I don't know specifically what the story is. I have to follow a story. Yeah. So if you're writing, or uh, 
producing, not producing, uh, like filming or whatever, you'd want to pay some attention to the movies that came before. But like, like physically making somebody spend seven months and then being like, okay, now that we've gotten the whole story, like the book, now write a movie based off this and you're writing this part of that book. That's intense. That is. That is a whole lot. Kate Winslet, who plays uh, Kate Winslet, returns to a James Cameron movie going from her main character role of Titanic to a secondary character. She plays the wife, the pregnant wife of the water chieftain in this movie. She broke Tom Cruise's underwater film and record from Mission Impossible Rogue Nation of six minutes with her own record of seven minutes and 14 seconds underwater. That's insane. Seven minutes underwater. I take this is like with no like apparatus or anything. Yeah, not at all. Just like a lot of these actors had to train for a while to be able to breathe underwater for a while. Okay. That's, that's insane. That's awesome. That's impressive. Seven minutes. That's insane. Like we all know, like Tom Cruise goes hard for his yeah. roles. And the fact that she's like, I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah. And be like, nah, I can do better. A minute and 14 seconds better than Tom Cruise. That's a lot. Like a minute underwater extra is a lot of time. Dude. So like for me, like 10 seconds underwater, or like holding your breath feels like an eternity. Yeah. That's like 7 million eternities. That must feel so long. Yeah. It must feel like forever. Yeah. Cause like that, that's the moment when you can literally count the seconds and you feel every second is yeah. when you're holding your breath underwater. I know insane That's and maybe when cool. acting you don't feel that because like you have a purpose like you have a sense of like i'm doing something right now but the, the thing that gets me is like she did this her face is never on screen it's all cgi she never physically had to be underwater yeah if she didn't want to she's yeah. just voice acting yeah the fact that she's willing to go through that just to get the scene like get the emotions is mind-boggling Hats off to her. Hats off to everyone. Even uh, Signorby Weaver, who, uh, you know, Ripley from the original Aliens, uh, she returns back to this as a new character that is much younger than she is in real life. She also had to hold her breath for, like, I think, I, I forget the exact number. It was, like, close to, like, five minutes or something. You know, she's an actress who's in her 60s or so. That's, in, that's awesome. You're able to train yourself to do it for that long underwater. Jeez, like I couldn't make it a minute. <laughs> Again, I struggle with ten seconds. Yeah, like when you're counting, like you just struggle. Oh with yeah, like an actual second is much longer underwater than yeah. normal. And like just physically making somebody hold their breath to get that feeling of like when you take your next breath, because like in the movie they they breathe, they're like underwater for like twenty minutes, half an hour or so, maybe an hour. Who knows? They're underwater forever. But just to get that simple feeling of simply being in there for five minutes would be like agonizing pain. What do you think about this movie? It's a three hour and 10 minute long movie. What do you think about that? Can I put it in like the upper ranks of what are considered epic movies like the Lord of the Rings, Titanic's, Bravehearts, the movies that are designed that they're so epic in proportion they can only be told with a three hour long product it could have been shorter yeah i agree with that like there was a lot of the movie that felt it had a nice flow to it like even if it wasn't like 
enthralled in it because like it, it didn't interest me as much. 90% of the movie felt like it could be there, but there's that 10% that feels like it could have been cut out and I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Like, and the, maybe this is again for, cause I watch anime and I watch like 20 minute episodes where they feel like they take half an hour to make, if not longer. Or I mean, you feel like you're sitting there for half an hour, not that they make it. Um, when I feel this, I felt like I was sitting in there and like, like in the movie theater, same thing with holding your water under breath. 10 minutes feels like an eternity or 10 seconds feels like an eternity. So like that 10 seconds of on air where I was just bored because it felt like it didn't need to be in there. Felt like I was watching like half the movie, even though it wasn't, it was 10 seconds. I agree completely. If the movie isn't tight, if there's any wasted time, it feels much longer than it does. And there's definitely points where it does feel like that. Let's hear what James Cameron said about why this movie had three hours when you can agree or disagree. The goal is to tell an extremely compelling story on an emotional basis. I would say the emphasis in the new film is more on character, more on story, more relationships, more on emotion. We didn't spend as much time on relationship and emotion in the first film as we did in the second film, and it is a longer film because it's more character to surface, which is true. Uh, There's more story to surface. uh, Surface. After all, however, The Way of Water is a family story. This is because 14 years after falling in love, Jake and Naridi are now proud parents of five children. People say, oh my god, a family story from Disney? Just what we want. This isn't that kind of family story, Karen clarifies. This is a family story just like how The Sopranos is a family story. Talk about the HBO Max uh, mob story of The Sopranos. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not The Sopranos, and it's not, like, cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> like, it's not that type of family. It, it's its own story. Yeah. Like, it's its own family story. But it falls into a couple tropes. First of all, the dad having to be the sole protector of the family. Like, he keeps his family safe. So, first of all, he abandons his post. He is a chieftain of this warrior village of the woods people, or forest people. Um, Sorry. Navi, Forrest Navi. Um, and he's an amazing guy and he creates all this aerial tax, but then he just up and abandons everyone solely to go protect his family. Like he claims he's protecting the village because like him leaving the, the people won't hunt them, but it's It's shown that they will attack anyone. They will attack anyone. And they still hunt the Navi. Like they don't care about the Navi. They're just a nuisance to the, the earthlings or the, the sky people, whatever you want to call them. Um, they physically don't care. They will hunt anyone. So he would have been better off. First of all, staying in the village he was at and just fighting them head on probably would have died in the process. Maybe got his whole family killed, but like in that era, like he's in the end of the day, he's still going to be doing that. Just he's going to add more troops because more people are going to be following him. True. Uh, where was I going with this? I don't know. Yeah. I was just talking about uh, length and everything like oh. that. Yeah. You know, oh, family dynamics. Yeah. Um, for me, um, 
I like the element of there being a family, but also because there's so many of the family and there's so many other characters besides the family, not everyone gets much time. The younger Nobody. brother gets enough. No, he gets a little bit of an arc, but the older brother is there only to service the younger brother's arc. And the sisters, especially the youngest one, aren't in on screen very really long. And Zoe Zaldana, who's like one of the main big actors of your movie, she's the wife of Jake Sully. She's not really in the movie a ton. Like, she's in the movie, but, like, not to extend to the first one. And this is where I say nobody, for character development, not a single character in this movie gets enough screen time. Like, there's stuff they could have cut out of the movie, still made it more than three hours, and just put more into the characters. I'll be, you say the, the second son there gets a good arc, but, like... I still don't even remember his name because they say it so little. Like, you spend so little time paying attention to him. He's off talking to giant whales, which I had more interest in than this Navi kid. <laughs> That's fair. None of them were fleshed out to an extent. Like, we know of Jake Sully from the beginning because he was U.S. or not U.S., but a, a, a world marine coming to this planet to take their resources. Like, we know a bit about him, but, like, other than him, we know nothing about 90% of his family. You don't know any characters in the movie with their name. You only know Jack Jake Sully. That's because he's like the most generic Jake, like white boy name ever. Jake Sully. Like, Jake that's Sully. not a good action hero name, Jake Sully. No. But it's at least one you can actually kind of remember. You Jake don't Sully, remember anyone else. Spider. Spider is the only well, other that's one. That's because it's fucking easy to remember. It is easy to remember, but also it's one of those things like they actually spend probably the most time out of every single character in this movie, the most time on him, like his relationship with his not dad. Yeah. Like that's where they spent their time. And that was probably one of the characters I would have cared about the least watching. I don't even know the villain's name. Although the actor is Stephen Lang. He's a really good actor. The character, he's a very good villain, but like they don't mention the character's names enough in these movies. They yeah. don't know any of them names. And I don't they, know his name. And he's, he's from the villain. first movie. And he's from the first movie. It's still over. I just know him as general. Yeah. That's how much I cared about him. Yeah. And I do think he's a good actor. I think he's a good villain, but like, like there's not enough to like, you don't know any of these characters' names. That's an issue. Yeah, and it's it's visually, it's a stunning movie. And that's probably where you're going to spend most of your time is looking at all the scenes, yeah. especially the underwater, because that's where this one takes place. But it's an absolutely beautiful movie. And then everything else kind of gets lost. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, Um. overall, though, there's a really good, in the third act, there's a really good final battle that is fun. But for the most part, the rest of the movie, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like drawn out and not as interesting as I thought it would be. It's very much a allegory for how the United States is as a nation, just greed of people Modern in capitalism. Modern capitalism. It's a, it's a, a very obvious allegory on the Native Americans against the white settlers. It's... Like it, it you gotta put credit to like the work they put in like making this Navi language where they hired a guy and he made apparently like a thousand words for this uh, unique language like uh, the world building into this and whole they thing. used five the of technology those words. 
the technology that goes into making this thing to invent special equipment to film this, you gotta respect that. And because of that, you can never say this movie, I think, you can never call it a bad movie because all the work is put into it. But when it comes to a story, it's not super interesting when it feels very, like, copy and paste from other things and then very inspired from other things. Like, yeah, when, you know, the Navi are fighting with their bows and arrows on these, like, not horseback flying things and they're like doing their like war calls and stuff and with their face paint on it's impossible to not see them as like a native american type native american african whatever tribe yeah you want this is south american doesn't matter it's like it's that oppression of this race aka earthlings to these navi yeah it's a little on the head it is very much on the head. And then like, there's the, also the other parts of the, the capitalist neck capitalism network. Like the people, humans come down and they just simply destroy the earth or the planet Pandora. The first thing they do is just torch it so they can build a base. And it's like, yeah, humans would probably do that. They would wipe out an entire ecosystem, yeah. entire force just to build a town. Yeah. But at the, Yeah. There's a lot of points like that that are very right on the nose. Yeah. Very. And there's, you know, there's a lot of good stuff too. There's interesting story that involves whale, very much whale-like creatures that have, for creatures that seem like they're just dumb whales, they have a lot of interesting backstory to like what these creatures are as a race to the people and also why humans would want to hunt them. Very interesting like backstory to them and whatnot. And, you know, there's a lot of decent stuff in it, but overall, like, you know, there's a lot of money to a. It's a visual experience and a way to fully immerse yourself in a unique world. In terms of story writing, uh, there's a decent amount of cliches and not particularly. I never thought like, oh, that is a story element I've never seen before. You yeah. Know? And you say you fully immerse yourself. I could never do that with this movie. Okay, I, I, I might be exaggerating. I don't think I fully immerse myself, but towards the end, I was like, I feel pretty immersed in this. Yeah, no, there's a couple, quite a few scenes where I felt immersed into the show or movie, but there was that few that wouldn't let me throughout the entire movie just be in that state of, I feel like I'm sitting there watching this like while it's happening live in front of me. Sure. So, in terms of the avatars in the future, there will be number three. He also did turn in a Avatar four script that Disney apparently, according to him, got zero feedback in terms of notes. Like, not they didn't give him one note of like, "Hey, you should fix this. You should try doing this with your screenplay." He got zero notes back. So it's either so Disneyfied, like he made it so Disneyfied they don't care. Or they hate it so much they're not talking to him. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe they're like, okay, yeah, we won't give you feedback. It's probably because we're never going to make this movie. Yeah. At the third one, it's going to end. And that's something he did bring up was that they filmed Avatar 2 and 3 back-to-back. So they're both done. The third one, they're still working on it, but it's finished filming. The third one will come out, but depending on how two and three make it, the box office will determine if they make the other ones. But he has plans up to Avatar 9, which is insane. We talked about this already a little bit outside this podcast, but he's already trying to find directors to train to eventually pick up the role of directors in future films as he might be too old by then. 
which is like very interesting of like the past and the torch to younger director of this thing this franchise that is so much money and time and effort put into it there is but you're like setting people on your path yeah like you're not giving them freedom yeah you're not being like okay this is the outline of the movie make whatever you want you're like okay this is i'm training you to make a movie that i want to make but i can't that's where it falls a little bit flat. Also, yeah, James Cameron's been in the news a lot, as, of course, he promoted his movie. Have you seen the new Terminator, Terminator Dark Fate, or no? I don't yes, know. maybe. I think so. Okay. He was talking about that because that they hired Tim Miller, who directed the first Deadpool, to do it. And apparently he was talking a lot about him and Tim Miller argued a lot on set of that because he produced the Terminator movie, James Cameron, but he let Tim Miller direct it. But there was a ton of arguing apparently because Tim Miller didn't want to make it with Arnold Schwarzenegger because he thought he was too old. And James Cameron was like, well, I made, I've been making these movies with him since the first one, so you are going to have Arnold in this movie. And of course he was in it and there was a lot of and arguing he was too back old. and forth and too old. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, he made James Cameron directed the first two and really the only two good ones of the franchise. Um, he's produced the other ones or had a little bit of involvement in them, but I don't know. He seems to do good as a director, but when he produces things, sometimes they're not as good. Because I've watched, I don't think you did, because I watched it in theaters. I think you saw Terminator Genesis, which was before that. I saw Terminator Dark Fate, which is a new one, and I hated it. Because it felt like a like a Marvelization of a Terminator movie with a whole bunch of like quips and jokes and stuff like that. Which one was Genesis? Genesis was the one where it was like a soft reboot of the first one. Okay, that's the one I saw. Yeah. I haven't seen Dark Fate. Dark Fate was the one where they brought back Arnold Schwarzenegger as an old Terminator in the original Laura Connors as Laura Connor, but like now she's like in her 60s and has white hair and stuff. Nope, never mind. That's the one I saw. Yeah. Oh. It wasn't good. Yeah, no, it wasn't, right? Yeah. I'm. It was like, is that whole try-hard thing. Like you want the nostalgia of yeah. the original, but like you're making you can't it. capture it though. No, and the actors don't want to. Like, they're no longer interested. They've moved on. Yeah. And also, they're old enough to be like, nah, I'd rather just go play the old lady in Halloween that gets killed off in two Yeah. <laughs> like, it's true. They're at that age. And, like, respect to them. They've done a lot for the, the for the community. So, like, none of them did a bad job. They just didn't care. And honestly, at that point, I wouldn't blame any of them. Yeah. Like, gotta let things go. Gotta go in a different direction after a while, or just like there's only so much you can connect back to the past with that. Yeah. And like, there, I'll be, I've heard like more, some of the more, I think it was Genesis was like one of the more recent uh, reboots or soft reboots of Terminator, which wasn't good, but it had its own stylization, it had its own theme to it. It doesn't just following the original Terminator and making it slightly different. Yeah, yeah. I hate Terminator Dark Fate. Um, other things to talk about, Avatar. You know, uh, Jake Sully, shitty dad. Or was he a good dad? I think he's a shitty dad. You could say he's good because he had good motives, but, like, he's not a good human being, so it's... 
Or I guess, Do you mean that literally because he's not a human being because he's a Navi? Or? No, like if you compared him to like a human dad or the the all American human dad that follows the 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 letter of the fucking dad code or whatever it is. Yeah, like he's not an ideal person, or albeit not a person. Like he wouldn't be a, if he was a human being. He wouldn't be. The, You're doing a good job explaining this, by the way. If he was a human being, he wouldn't be the ideal human being the ideal dad okay but he's I'm, not a human being he's a alien now but he born a human yeah either way he's not a great parent <laughs> no he's not and honestly the mother is not great either <laughs> yeah they're just like yeah kids go off do whatever you want if you get killed we might come try to save you <laughs> yeah that's true so what things do we really like about avatar the way the water besides of course the work that's been put into the amazing vfx work uh, but story-wise, character-wise, writing-wise, besides CGI, what do we really like about the story or characters or whatnot? Or scenes, things like that. Okay. Um, there's a scene that definitely gets your your heartstrings where the... Um, they're humans, but let's be real. They're the Americans. Where they kill like these like whale creatures and they kill like a mother. Oh, yeah, of, like, like a traditional whaling. Yeah, yeah, the whale and people, they kill this mother. And, like You feel like... Ah, you feel much more for these whales than for any of the Navis or the humans that are killed in the movie. Genuinely, yeah. And it's sad, but like you know, it it it's good writing and good filmmaking that make you feel those emotions. Yeah, I think the last quarter of the not even the last quarter, like the last eighth of the movie, was where it got me. Between action scenes, the the heart pull strings where they're like, they're killing off these whales that had nothing to do with anything. They just wanted this elixir of life or whatever the hell it was. Um, crap like that. That's what got me. Other than that, nothing saved or hurt this movie. It was just a movie like visually was nice. Yeah. That's, I guess maybe as one saving grace, but apart from that, it was just, yeah. Yeah. It was just mediocre. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. On our Trash Talk podcast rating, though, what would you give it? Normally, I'd give it a good. I might have to give it a great because of the visuals. Yeah. Because on the rare occasion it did immerse you, like, immerse you into this world, it did an amazing job. When I was, like, with the camera swimming through the water with the Navi, like, the water Navi, like, you know what? I feel this. I feel like I'm back in Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. But like like a live action version of that. Like I feel like I'm in this world. I feel like I'm with these people just swimming the oceans, caring about the ocean creatures. But apart from that, the rest of the movie is mediocre. So I'll still give it a great. I will. But that's the best I could ever do. Sure. I'm probably going to go one step lower. I'm going to say I normally give it, it's a movie, but because of the amazing work that went into building this world visually and also background wise, I will give it a good, I'll say it's a good movie, but story wise, I've seen a bunch of movies with more interesting plots that actually made me more invest in the characters in the story more. But you know, the world is amazing. So you got to give it that, but you know, right wise, a lot of movies do better. Like, yeah, character writing, like acting, not acting, but like the voice, like the, the lines that they had to like put out. 
Yeah. For it sure. was all fairly mediocre. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so uh, what other things have you been watching, Travis, that you want to talk about? Or should we call it a date for this? Oh, uh, I think we still got the menu that we both watched. Yeah, we did. We both watched the menu of here, so we watched it at different times. Um, but yeah, the menu, Anna Taylor-Joy, uh, Nicholas Holt. Uh, Nicholas Holt, who plays opposite of Anna Taylor-Joy, he was actually him and Robert Patterson were the top two choices for the Batman. But Robert Pat- Patterson beat him out for Batman because he was younger. Uh, not the villain. I'm not talking about villain. I'm talking about uh, the partner to Anna Taylor-Joy, the guy who paid for her to join her, the young guy. Oh, okay. The guy I felt like would be a good rid- Riddler. He would be a good Riddler, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would be a good Riddler. He'd be a way better Riddler. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, talking about the movie, though. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, I I yeah. like this. I enjoyed every bit of it. Like from the visual aspect, maybe it was kind of green, gray, yada yada yada. But as far as story wise, like that whole dive into madness. So it follows these people, and they're all relatively sane, ish. Like they're not good people, but like they aren't going other ways to do crazy stuff. Yeah. But that whole time, over the course of the period, like they're trying to fight for their lives. Like they learn they're going to die, or these people are trying to kill them. So they try to fight for their lives, but they don't like they're not strong people, so they don't go and like beat the crap. Like they don't try to overpower dudes that are like six foot seven and like three hundred pounds. Yeah. All muscle. But they like try to talk their way, they try to buy their way to their freedom. And none of them can do it. And then they get to the point where they they accept their fate. They're like, you know what? We're probably going to die. And it's a whole dive into madness. Like you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to die. I've accepted my fate. Let's mm. see what happens. Exactly. And I will say the end of the movie is beautiful. Like it's scary. It's yeah, it's intense, but it's beautiful. Ralph Fiennes, who plays the antagonist of the role, he plays a famous chef, one of the most world-famous chefs that invites everyone onto his island to participate, and he kind of turns into a very deadly game that kind of ends in a lot of people dying. Very, and he's also, Ralph Fiennes, famous from playing Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies. Very, of course, he was established as a great villain as Voldemort, but this is a more charismatic villain. <laughs> I didn't see him as the villain. I, the, the, so the guy, the opposite of t- t- Anna Taylor joy. Yeah. Maybe. I saw him as the villain more than I saw the <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. He was a jackass. He invites some random girl or I mean, a prostitute, whatever she was, but invites her to come along knowing she's going to die. Like these people are going to try to kill him and all these other people. Like he's well aware of this and he invites her anyway just expecting her to die. Like that's more of a, like a villain arc than people who like plan out a murder sure. of people that are like genuinely like just dirt bag people for the most part. Yeah, that's true. They are. It's a very good job of like making the characters all funny or likable, but they're also douchebags. And they all, they all have uh, what do you call it? Like a trope. Yeah, they do. The, the food critics. The food critics, the... Uh, the washed-up actor. Washed-up actor, the the uh, 
as they call them a foodie, like where you get so obsessed with what people are making that you think you can know everything in the dish. Like you can taste the wasabi before the, like the plate, sure. you even taste it. Yeah. Um, and then the, the kind of dickhead corpo guys. Yeah. The corpos. Yeah. Yeah. You're very good. Um, oh, and the washed up bill. Well, not washed up billionaires, but the billionaires that they have more money than cents. So they eat at the fan- fanciest restaurant. Even they though know. they don't care what the food tastes like. Yeah, they're just there for meal. Yeah, and what do you think about at the end of the movie, going to very light spoilers, but Nicholas Holt's character, who is like, he is like very much like bend over backwards for the, the main chef. He just worships him and everything he does. But the chef invites him, forces him to cook his own meal for... Well, chef. So it's that's one of those things. I like food. I like the taste of food, but I could never cook on a professional chef level yeah. without years and years of training and yada, yada, yada. And the fact that this guy thought in his head, like he was insane enough to think that he could make a dish that would taste good to this chef that's cooked for whatever he is, 50-ish years old. Cooks 90, probably 90% of his life. Thought he could make a dish off the fly that would just taste as good as something that he'd appreciate. Like, that's a level of insanity that I respect, <laughs> but scares me. Yeah. What do you think at the end of them doing the uh, uh, the s'more package on F1? Uh, this is where I say it's beautiful. <laughs> terrifying, but beautiful. Because at that point, that was when all of them accepted their fate. Mm. They're like, we're going to die. And they didn't even accept it like they'd die in a nice way. Like none of them tried to like off themselves, like stabbing themselves in the neck with a fork or something. They accepted that they were going to burn to death. Yeah. Which is a terrible way to die. That is painful to the max. You're screaming in agony before you die. Yeah. And they all accepted that. They accepted they would deserve to burn in hell before they go to hell or whatever awaits them. Yeah. And it, it was beautiful like in beautiful scenery like when you see the chef in the center of the floor and he literally goes up in flames i'll be it's probably like a million cgi or whatever scenes cut together it's incredible how they do it like i take the cgi in this movie i'll bet there's minimal of it compared to like avatar yeah yeah that's fair yeah it's it's more mixing of live action with only the CGI is used only when it's needed to. Yeah. And it fits in well. Cause it's like minimalistic. See it's fire. Yeah. Like the CGI fire is probably one of the semi easier things to make. Yeah. I would assume so as well. Yeah. So what is your uh, favorite characters for movie besides Ralph Fiennes amazing portrayal as this very, very charismatic chef? Honestly, uh, well, I mean, Ann Taylor-Joy does an amazing yeah. job. Oh, yeah, she's great. So between those two, they're amazing. But we'll count them out. I'm actually going to go with the food critic. Which one? Uh, the, the old lady. Yep. Um, She's an absolute bitch, but I love her. <laughs> yeah. Simply because, like, she cares about nothing or no one. Like, she had no remorse. She shut down five or six restaurants from her bad reviews or whatever. Yeah. Didn't care. Like they were posting this to her face. Like you're the, you are the bane of our existence. She's like, so what? I'm still going to eat your food and deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. And so her and honestly, uh, what was the other girl there? The, the sous chef 
who came up with the idea for killing everyone. The one you could physically tell was in, like, yes, they portrayed her as being the insane one when they all really were. I really liked her character. Oh, but she didn't get that much scream time, but like for the amount she was on, like the, the depth they went in with her character was, was good. For sure. Yeah. No, I was so pleased how much character too. overall, like, you know, there's a good amount of characters in it, but I felt more individuality from their character writing than the million characters that were in Avatar. Oh yeah, like the character depth. Oh wait, like not as much screen time per character, but the character depth. Like you got to know and understand each character. I knew the billionaire dickhead was a billionaire dickhead by the but end of it. Also, would you say that's because a lot of the characters in this are they're built on tropes? That probably helped. Yeah. But like, so if you look at Avatar, the, the, the water Navi chief is built off a trope of an Island chief from, uh, the Pacific yeah. Pacific Island. Yeah. Uh, for, for example, let's just say Hawaii, but not Hawaii. Yeah. He's built off that trope. I can feel no connection. to. <laughs> oh, maybe it's cause he's an alien. Yeah. But I feel no connection to that character. But this dickhead actor who's played in like half a dozen B-rated movies and is not a great actor but needs the money, so he just keeps acting over and over and over again. I feel a lot of connection to him. Yeah, he was I, good. I, I know. I know nothing about his life. Like he could have made the worst or best movies because like, actors have a range. Don't nothing about him, but I felt more connection to him than I ever did to the water chief. Yeah. Chieftain, whatever you want to call it. I think that's I think that's a good uh thing to bring up. And of course, you know, the actors in Avatar are all masked by CGI. Kate Winslet is in the movie, but you'll never recognize her just because of the sheer amount of CGI that's put on her face. Um, but you do get their actual emotions and their acting through the CGI and their facial recognition. You just can't recognize them. But on the same time, the characters from the menu you remember those characters in your head much more than these Avatar characters. I think in Avatar, they tried to make characters that are a little bit less tropey, but they're also like, you literally remember no one's name except for Jake Sully, who was the most stupid name ever Quite literally, in Avatar. I remember their tropes more yeah. than their name. I remember Second Son as <laughs> being the second son because of his trope. Yeah, it was... The second son. Yeah. He and the good first son. The good first son and the the black sheep of the family second yeah. son. Yeah, exactly. And the weird kooky daughter. And the weird kooky daughter. Yeah, who's adopted. Yeah. Basically. And I remember the second son, or I mean the chieftain's son, the, the water chieftain's son. I remember him for being a trope of like this dickhead douchey, my dad's powerful, you won't touch me. Like, yeah. I remember him being that trope. Couldn't tell you what his name is to save my life. Barely remember what he looks like. 100% agree. So it's like, yes, there's a lot of tropes in both of these movies, but I feel more towards, even though I've never experienced any of them, I've never been an actor, uh, a washed up actor. I've never been a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. I've never been a prostitute that I remember. <laughs> like, I still feel these tropes and I just, mm. I... I understand these characters more than I ever would. And the actors do a very good job of portraying those character types. The character types and what you would expect them to feel. Yeah. Like Anna Taylor-George's character, yeah. uh, escort, prostitute, whatever, 
she's seen some crap. Like she's dealt with more crap than any of these like rich dickheads. Yeah. hundred percent. She's like prepared to die. Like she doesn't want to die. Like all of them. She, she's ready to fight for her life. But like, if it comes down to it, like if she's fight or flight, she's going to fight and she's ready to kill somebody in her way, which they should, they portray very well. They do. So it's that whole thing. I can register so much more with her character than I could with, the mother character from Avatar. Yeah, 100%. Gotta give credit to all the CGI work put into it, but yeah, not a ton of connection to it and whatnot. Yeah. And there was something in an interview recently that James Cameron was brought up to. Someone asked about the cultural significance of Avatar, that when it came out, it made a shit ton of money. It's still the number one movie at the box office, the first one of all time. But there's an argument that the first one event, of course this new one, but it just barely came out has no cultural significance. Like there's no famous quotes. Terminator has come with me if you want to live. live. And once that it has the Terminator, the Arnold Schwarzenegger character, Sarah Connors is a name you remember. You know, that character, it's one of the most famous action, especially for female action movie characters of all time. People argue that Avatar, besides the wonders it did for special effects, has no cultural significance. Uh, James Cameron goes says what he says is like, yes, that's true, but we're not like Marvel where we have 26 movies to establish the cultural significance of it. Yeah. That is fair. There is only, two, as of right now, literally only of this week, there's only two of these Avatar movies. There's only two, but it's like the second one is where they're starting. So the first one was a good movie. I'll be, it had some cultural significance because it was like, as you said, uh, Indians versus uh, cowboys where yeah. the white man was coming over to take over the lands of the native people and just wipe them off the rate off the reservation. Like that's basically what it was. Now they're portraying that more in the second movie. Like they go deeper into that cultural differences and cultural significance. Because it's a lot more, these people are more spiritually connected to their world and we're ripping that spiritual connection away, or the humans are. But at the same time, like, I still can't remember any of their names. I still don't care. And it doesn't make me feel enough to where I wish, like, I cared about the whales in the movie, in the second movie. I cared about them. I care about their lives. I don't want them to get hunted. Yeah. If the Navi got hunted, I don't care because they just, they don't register. They don't feel as alive to me as the fake whales did. Interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it for sure. But I would say, yeah, generally I'd agree as well. Uh, definitely the scene that mo- uh, invested me most emotionally was the scene where one single whale, and I know well, they have two. names that aren't called whales. They're yep. not whales, but one whale-like creature that it's it's a mother that is killed with its baby having to live by itself. Very sad. That is the scene that emote. Actually, no, the baby died with it. Did it? Yeah. When? Like, if you look in the scene where they find the the whale's fake whale's body, the calf is right there with the mother. I thought it was that it was alive and with its mother. No, it was dead. Really? That, yep. oh, that's it, so sad. It gave up on life because, like, its mother was not there to take care of it. and <sighs> That's fucked up. In the animal kingdom, most mothers wouldn't take care of a child that isn't theirs. Yeah. But, yeah, 
and yeah, that, that got to me the most, like you said, because I just felt so much more to those fake CGI animals than I did the fake CGI native human being type characters or creatures. So yeah, it's, it's a very good take on it. I just wish I could have felt some more emotional connection to it. Because there is one of the main characters is killed, the older brother character of the family. Which is the one that you have the least emotional connection to out of the whole family, which makes sense. But yeah. yeah. Like if anything, and I hate this trope, it's where they will not, anyone you have emotional connection to, they won't kill off. They wouldn't call off the father. No. Even though I really don't know the mother that well, they won't kill her off because she's, uh, an emotional character. Like if she died, the whole family is like fall apart, fall apart. But, and in theory, you'd think the same thing of the brother, but like at the end of the day, didn't there hurt are two brothers. There are two brothers and they're <laughs> young enough to make another if they really wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They made five already. Well, no, they made three. They made four, five, three. We'll say the middle. Let's say four. No, they've made three. They made four. They made three. Okay, let's count them. Let's go. Oldest, Very young daughter. They the made two boys. Yep. Another girl. The other girl they didn't make. She was adopted. All right. There's a fifth one, I think. The white American human boy. Spider, yeah. Who they also adopted because they didn't birth a human. All right. We're going to combine the point half. For being adopted. The two halves of being adopted, it'll make you four, therefore I win. Um, but it's not two halves. Being adopted is maybe a quarter. Damn, don't say that. No, but like, reality-wise, it may be a quarter. So you're, you're one, or th- sorry, three and a half right. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless, their their percentage of how much they meet as an actual child aside. I don't know what the point was. Oh, how much we cared about the kids. Not much. No. Although I was interested in seeing more of Signorby Weaver's younger version of her character. It was interesting. They're having like a six-year-old woman playing a character that's supposed to be like 14 or so i really was interested in her because she seemed to have some power to the force she was able to control like animals and fish around her and she's literally on the poster on letterbox she's the main character on the poster there's only her head and that's it because the first one was jake sully's head and that's it and this it's her character and that's it and i think she's probably the heart in the movie but she's not in it a ton she's not in it a ton and also my biggest thing with her character is it's Sigourney Weaver's relatively older voice voicing a very young character and it does not match. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with the the general guy. It's a very older guy's voice trying to voice voice a younger, even though he's not that much younger, but like a younger version of himself. Yeah, that's fair. Because I think in the movies he's, what upwards of like 50 60 and his avatar body's like in its like 20s maybe so it's like you see you hear the voice and you're like okay i recognize the voice but the body looks way too young yeah way too young for what the voice is coming out of you yeah 
And that was both of those characters. That was my biggest problem with both of those characters. My problem with Spider was that I felt like he didn't do enough. Like, he was just there to, like, fuck shit up. Yeah, like, like he never, when it came to the his dad character attacking all these people, he never tried to stop him. He's like, no, don't do this. I'm sorry. He literally told the people, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like four times in a row as their houses were burning down around them. <laughs> well, he never tried to once to stop the people from burning down his the people's houses. And when it came to the whale hunts, he was just okay with it. Like, he might have been upset. He saved the main villain at the end. And he saves the main villain. Even the Nobby are like, yo, homie, come back and join us. I don't think they supposedly realized he had saved yeah. the guy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, they're like speaking of yo homie rejoin us. There's a lot of modern slang that these Navi use, like yo cuz or uh, uh, those other terms. I wish I could remember. Yeah, uh, it it doesn't really fit. Like they're supposed to be a no, maybe not even nomadic, but like a a traditional tribe of people. Yeah. And you'd think they'd use more of a traditional tribe type language, like simplified, like minimal words, like family is family. Uh, I guess that's not a good example because that's just fast and furious. But, but like you get what I'm saying, like cuz you would just call them family. You wouldn't call them cousin or brother or sister. You'd just be like family because like simplified, it's a tribe. You're not like this advanced civilization, like. Um, like the 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 star people, which is Americans, basically. Yeah, like you wouldn't use extra words than what you'd have to because it's just stupid and unnecessary. Sure. I don't know where we're going with this. Oh, I was I was going with how it was stupid. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Because like the 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 modern slang that you brought up, like it makes no sense in this. Religion, in this world, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, religion, hundred percent, yeah. It was. I was like, also use all words like, uh, like, like hell, like go to hell, or like you know, damn it, or stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's weird for an alien race who probably doesn't have the culture of saying, yeah, hell, hells shouldn't be a thing for them because you know that was an Earth thing to make up yeah. hell as a damnation place. Yeah, yeah, specifically Christianity. Yeah, like, yeah. So I, I thought all, like all that was very odd. Yeah, and then you compare that with like their hissing, which is their like "I hate you," like "piss off" or "fuck yeah. you" or whatever. They just hiss. Like you compare that with like them using these these and like whatever you want to call them of like Earth of English language. Yeah, and it just it's weird. It feels very weird. Hundred percent. Hundred percent agreed. Like if all they said was "cuz," I'd be okay with it. <laughs> Yo, cuz. Like that was the least of my like concern when listening to them talk. Fair enough. Yeah. What was the main thing? Uh, I was well, as we were saying, it was that that dive into like Christianity, like something a religion that they know nothing about in like heaven or hell. It's like when they go start going into that stuff, you're like, okay how much have the humans influenced this culture? Sure. Which they shouldn't have influenced that much because the guy gave up his humanity to become one. Yeah. But yeah, no, stuff like that. That's fair. Um, well, I guess we said what we all had to say on Avatar. Was there anything else we should talk about before we wrap this up? 
I'm talking about most of the stuff I've watched recently. Yeah. Anything else interesting you've seen or I've seen a bunch of stuff, but probably the most interesting things I talked about already. Okay. Um, we already talked about this. I saw a Taylor Swift short film and I fucking oh, hated it. You ranted on about that. Because it's mostly it's mostly a music video. Like there's not much uh, talk in it. Like it's an mostly, extra long. It's mostly playing Taylor Swift's music. Uh, as like characters like dance and have a montage around it. And I fucking hate it. And it's awful. I hate it so much. I hate that it's getting any kind of acclaim by its fan base because it's garbage. And I hate that she's getting any kind of recognition because she only does the one thing, which is heartbreak stuff about her bad relationships with men in the past. That's what she writes about in all her songs. I went to her short film thinking that she would do something different. And it's literally that just same thing. It's literally about her short film is a biopic about her life. Oh. About with a guy who's supposed to represent Jake Gyllenhaal, who dated her at one point in life. Oh, yeah. And it's supposed to be about them and him being kind of a dickhead and whatnot. And she, you know, she loved him and he loved her, but he was kind of a bad boyfriend and their relationship fell apart and they're dancing around. They're having good times. They're having bi- bad times as while dancing, while dancing around as her song plays. And, uh, you know, if she wants to release it by herself, you know, that's cool, good for her, whatnot. But I hate that because of how famous she is, she's getting, like, like people are like, oh, at the Oscars this year, she should get, like, best uh short film, live-action short film, which is a category, and she could win just because of her notoriety. Like, Kobe Bryant, for best short documentary a year or two ago, Kobe Bryant won. He made a very, it was like a seven minute short documentary about his life that was animated. It was beautiful and whatnot. It was, it was a nice video. Um, and he won, um, the Oscar for that, that year. It was good, but like, there was probably things that were made that year that were a lot better, but, but he had the fame. The Kobe, putting Kobe Bryant that name puts it up ahead in a category that is not really famous. Like, not a lot of famous people submit for best short documentary same thing mm. with i'm gonna be upset if fucking taylor swift wins the oscars here because it's a garbage film and i'm upset that she's getting to direct a feature film because it's probably gonna be an hour and 45 minutes of her doing an allegory for her past relationships like her songs and like mm. her fucking short film i fucking hate it <laughs> I, I will admit none of the music videos i've ever seen of hers have been good yes so I hate that she's getting the recognition. I told you already, but she was put on the varieties, directors on directors, where she had a conversation, like a 25-minute conversation with Martin McDowell, who's a real director of movies, not short films. He's made multiple, and they're amazing, especially his newest one he's getting. He's uh, on press, doing press work for. She does not deserve the recognition to sit there and have a conversation with him on a directors on directors conversation. Put any other director there. But the thing is, those other directors, they're not as famous as Taylor Swift is the thing. True. Even if they're actual directors and are talented directors, they're not as famous as her. So she gets to get there and sit with Martin McDowell. Yeah. Like the, you'd literally have to put Zack Snyder to have the same fame level as yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah. I would prefer Zack Snyder, even though his movies, well. His movies deserve it much more for Taylor Swift. I'm going to say that. <laughs> Fair enough. But no, uh, it's very frustrating. Mm. That's all I'm going to say on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this special episode. 100 episodes, baby. We did it. 
100 episodes of Trash Talk Podcast. A whole lot of things happened over those 100 episodes. A lot of good stuff. A lot of bad stuff. A lot of good times. A lot of interesting stuff. A lot of interesting stuff for sure. Thanks everyone for listening to this longer than normal episode. Uh, Next time, whenever that happens, will definitely be a normal episode. But this, we want to have a special episode to just rant and talk about the things we've been watching recently. And especially give time for Avatar to talk about it as well as everything else. Yeah. Any uh, last thoughts, Travis? It's been fun. Like, yeah. I'm not as it is like this is the end or anything, but like this has generally been enjoyable and some solid movie, like some yeah. completely crap movies, but some solid <laughs> movies as well. That we talked about. Talked about a whole lot of cool things. Yeah. A lot I, of bad things too. I have an interest in to see what comes next. For sure. Thank you everyone for listening. This is Austin. And Travis. And we'll see you guys next time on the 100th and one episode a trash talk podcast.